Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 12. Today we're talking The Willies from 1990, directed by Brian Peck. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor the Murderous Janitor McGraw. Welcome to The Dumpster. Hey, I thought of one I know you guys definitely haven't heard of. What? what? And I happen to know it's true. No, wait, wait, wait a minute. This isn't that dumb story about the time you and your friends found that pirate ship in an old cave. No, it's better than that. What? Nah, you guys wouldn't believe me. Sure we will. What is it? Come on. All right. But be warned. This story is guaranteed to give you the willies. Was that monster taking a shit when he opened the stall? He could have been. <laughs> he had to drop a BM, a big mama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like the fucking alien in um in Men in Black. The guy, the fucking guy, Will Smith pops because he had a tissue in his hand. It was fucking toilet paper is what that was. He was wiping his ass. Because, like, that kid opens the door and his legs are all propped up. Like, he's going to see him and he's sitting above the rim. It's a very bizarre shot, but I laughed. <laughs> he's also tiny. He's smaller. Right? <laughs> yeah. He is very small. He looks like a coat hanger with a face, kind of. <laughs> so I don't know where we want to start here, but this is our first anthology on the show, and I'm yes. pretty excited about it. Um, I'm so excited to do that, uh, to do this, because I, this has kind of been cooking for a while, and we're like, oh, we're going to do that, we're going to do that, we're going to do that, but uh, here we are, finally doing it. Not only are we doing the willies, but you guys have a treat coming up, because we had the privilege of chatting with Michael Ray Bauer, um, who plays Gordy Belcher in this film, and I believe everybody would know him as Eddie Donkey Lips Gelfin. He came on, and we we chatted for about four hours Yeah, uh, mm. with, with him. Yes. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a blast from start to finish. I mean, he is a genuinely amazing dude. Um, so many fucking great stories. So many great stories. Stay tuned, because <laughs> you guys... Are in for a treat. It's gonna be. It's so fucking long. It's gonna be a two parter, <laughs> but they're gonna release consecutively, like one day after the other. So you're gonna get uh, this podcast uh, of our review of the Willies, and then you're gonna get the review. Our, you're gonna get the interview with Mike um, the day after the first part, and then the day after that, you'll get the second part. Check on that fucking MD guide. It's gonna tell you. Go to the Instagram. Yeah, it'll tell you exactly what days everything's dropping. It is like a tour de force of like his career stories and highlights from a very young age you know up to even more recent stuff it's insane yeah it was so much it was so much more um than we expected and we are eternally grateful <laughs> to yes. have the opportunity to sit down uh with him and, and 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 listen to all of those amazing stories um and i think or we think we're you guys are really going to enjoy them uh, you guys, gals, and everything in between there. I sure as hell enjoyed it. Oh man, we I, I remember. <laughs> I think even in the interview, I said that like I like at one point I just had like my 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 hand on my chin with my and I was smiling <laughs> from ear to ear just listening to this man talk. I had my head resting on just two fists, just like staring at the microphone, just like <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't believe this is still going. <laughs> exactly. Really, really excellent. Really looking forward to to releasing that and letting you guys hear it. Um, but yeah, we did that interview because. Michael is in this film, The Willies, 
Um, and we're reviewing that today. So here we are. Yep. And uh, like I said, it's an anthology. So, you know, think about like Creep Show, you know, Tales of the Crypt, stuff like that. If you're uh, not necessarily familiar with the former, I'm going to assume most people are, right? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you got the Willies, you got uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Um, you got Creep Show. You got uh, the 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 Fright Show. Um, Campfire Tales. Uh, trick or treat. Trick or treat. Yep. Um, God, there's so many. There's so many good ones. Twilight Zone the movie. Twilight Zone the movie. There you go. Um, those are the big ones. R.I.P. Vic Morrow. Yeah. Oh, always R.I.P. Vic Morrow. Also, real quick, it was a, it was the dude. It was the thirty fortieth anniversary of Humanoids from the Deep the other day. Holy cow! That movie came out in 1980. Holy shit! It's one of those things that I was like, this movie's 40 years old. I was like, oh my. God. That movie is, it, what's funny is it's perpetually 20 years old to me. I'm like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. 20 years ago. It was like, no, 1980 was 40 fucking years ago. I'm like, fuck you. No, it wasn't. Welcome to being 30. Look at my watch. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm 32. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder of my cold and pending death. <laughs> uh, before we got into this, um, we were all just bullshitting a little bit and we were talking about uh, f- movies that... Uh, have been taped off television that we owned as children. Yes. And I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit because that conversation was really good. (laughs) And it kind of made me think like, hey, guys, you know, if you at home, because we tell you this all the time, write in, please, with with all kinds of stories. I think last time we asked, um, it was for, uh, you know, your video video store experiences, which we still want to hear. So if you got a good video store experience, you know, send that in. Yep. and, And we'll read it on the air. But also... You know, how many movies did you, like, not own legitimately, but your folks or yourself had taped off television and you kind of owned them that way? And it was the TV version of whatever that may be? Uh, we'd love to hear those stories. Yeah, whether it was, like, you know, Monster Vision back in the day or it was just, like, yep. a bad TBS cut. Yeah, USA Up All, Ni- Up, Up All Night or something. Um, or, like, even, like, the Sci-Fi Channel uh, originals cuts yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. Not even originals, but, like, when... The, when uh, Remember when Sci-Fi used to air the blocks of, like, Child's Play and all that kind of oh, shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, like, the afternoon? I mean, I remember vividly, like, just... You know, all the curse words being re- replaced with, like, ridiculous shit. Like, he calls <laughs> he calls fucking Andy, like, a, a, a little snot. And, like, uh, when he kills the fuck... Uh, specifically, Child's Play 3, when he kills the fucking general and he, like, has a heart attack. Oh, go on. Yeah, instead of being saying, you gotta be fucking kidding me, he goes, you gotta be crazy kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. They'll never be able to tell. Shit was so funny. I caught the uh, Leon the Professional on TV... A long time ago, and he was, unbel- it was Gary Oldman. And he was saying something to the effect of like, "I don't have time for this motherfucking bullshit" or something like that. It was a profanity laden sentence, but on TV it comes out as, "I don't have time for this Mickey Mouse bull squat." <laughs> <laughs> that movie is one. It's really good, and two, that whole scene where he just goes in and shoots that girl in a fucking bathtub. Like, how are you showing that on TV? But you can't curse, right? <laughs> can't curse but let's blow this chick away in a bathtub we'll have everyone in scarface talk gibberish for 90 minutes but we'll show you someone getting hacked up in a fuck with a chainsaw in a bathtub don't they talk gibberish anyway and with like profanities in the middle yes there's very <laughs> there's about 20 percent real speech and the rest is profanity 
It's like you'll, you'll, you'll show the finale where hundreds of people are blown up and shot and murdered and, you know, all that. But, like, you can't see the F-bomb. Nah. Well, that's okay. But don't say fuck. And don't show any tits. That's no, no, that's not okay. I mean, we definitely in my household, like, we had tapes, you know, we had stuff, you know, around. But, like, my dad was big on taping shit. And, like, he still is to this day. He always has, like, he always has the fucking DVR, like, totally full on the Comcast. And uh, he always, you know, he always set that fucking tape to friggin' EP, so it'd be like the eight to ten hour tape, and everything would look like shit because it would just be scan lines across the, the top. Yeah, play like trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extended play. You go to watch it like for the third time, and it's like you can't even see anything. He used to always, uh, he used to always record like all the. Um, I mean, he does movies. Like, he'd always have the tapes with, like, four or five fucking movies on it that don't really go together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. And uh, he used to record, like, all the old, like, you know, remember, like, around Christmas time, all the cartoons, the Saturday morning cartoons would have, like, oh, our Christmas special. He'd have, like, the tape where he, like, fucking looked it up in the TV guide, and he'd have, like, oh, we got the Ace Ventura fucking animated series Christmas special, the mask one, and the fucking chipmunks, and Ghostbusters, and all this shit, like, all on one tape. Yeah, man. And, like, it doesn't, you know, you put it on now, and again, it's all fucking you know, it's all snow because it's a fucking eight-hour EP tape that you're stretching out over, like, 12 cartoons with the commercials intact. Yeah, which is a fucking bummer because the best parts about them are the commercials and the breaks. Oh, like, yeah. You know, coming back on WB11, you know, Saturday movie. Granted, that uh, real Ghostbusters Christmas episode is pretty phenomenal when they go and meet fucking Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, yeah. And they have to fucking make sure the ghosts, like, visit him, but ha- they have to, like, fill in for the ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> because they caught them and they're in the containment. That might be what when Egon goes in the containment unit. I think it is. Yeah, they... <laughs> Dude, he, he fucking shoots the ghost of Christmas past and they fucking trap her ass. Yeah, they're like, job well done. They fucking leave and then Christmas doesn't exist anymore. That's amazing. They go through like a portal or some shit. Yeah, they enter some weird dimension driving down the fucking road. Dude, it is like a fucking Frankenstein unbound moment. It really is. Well, they were doing a lot of that in the later episodes. Um, just, I don't know, it, it gets out of control. When Once Dave Coulier fucking comes in as Vankman, that's Ooh. it, it's, it's over. Yeah, that's, yeah, nosedive. Um, I was, I was telling this story before, uh, when we were talking about this, but my dad, um, speaking of, he, uh, he had this movie, App Pupil, uh, recorded on the DVR at home. Stephen King. And, uh, I never saw it, is it any good? It's pretty good, Ian McKellen. Hmm. Plays a Nazi. Oh, okay. Yeah. Flip the script on that one. He, he wasn't on the other side of the fence this time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did X-Men. Didn't he fight them in the keep? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, App Pupil, he had it on the DVR, and he just didn't watch it. Because it was like one of those like 2 a.m. recordings, and uh, he kept like taunting my family with this movie, saying, hey, does anybody want to watch App Pupil? App Pupil, anybody? Nobody fucking took the bait, and then after it had to be six months, eight months, some some kind of crazy amount of time, he uh, he finally put it on, and it was uh, some kind of scheduling issue. Fucking Black Beauty was on there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he didn't live that one down for a while. Um, that's fucking hilarious. It's like we had tapes, like Shaw was saying, with multiple stuff on them, but like even more of a tonal clash. So I'd pick one up, and like years later, pick and go, "Oh, we're back!" and Blue Velvet. Um, all right. <laughs> We're back the dinosaur movie with fucking John Goodman? Yes. Like, cool. All right. <laughs> that movie sucks. Yeah, it's bad. I I don't know how. I must have been fucking stupid as a kid. Man. I don't know how many times I watched that movie and was like, it doesn't get better ever. No, but like, I remember being like, oh, it's great. And then I watched it, um, you know, as an adult and I was like, this movie's 
terrible. The only good part is the part when they all think they're fucking balloons in the street. The rest of the movie sucks ass. It's like super depressing. Well, it's not. That's not even the. It's not even the fact that it's depressing. It's just poorly made. Uh, uh you want to hear something wild about that movie and the Justice League movie? <laughs> oh God, what? The villains die in the exact same fashion in both films. <laughs> Are you serious, Doctor Fucking Screw Eye? Gets killed by Superman? Steppenwolf is uh, is suddenly taken with fear and parademons surround him and fly him upwards and then they seemingly devour him and his helmet falls and then we're back. The villain is set upon by crows. They lift him up, they eat him, and it's just his screw from his eye falls down. I'm in the theater watching. Yeah, but that is, that. now that you remind me of that, that is actually pretty fucking cool. It's great, and I think Dr. Screw Eye did it. In that respect, We're Back is a better film than Justice League. Well, I'm in the- <laughs> I'm in the theater watching Justice League, and his helmet falls. I was like, wait a second. I was like, that's the same shit from We're Back. <laughs> Dr. Screw-Eye? Yeah. Eating that fucking brain cereal, dude, with the with the Quisp robot? I was like, what a shitty villain. Release the Screw-Eye cut. Rele- oh, yeah. man. <laughs> release, the, release the We're Back cut. Guess what? Ask and ye shall fucking get, because guess what's the next fucking MDU thing's going to be? <laughs> Screw Eye, the Justice League defeating Doctor Screw Eye. Uh, I, you know, is he, is he John Hurt's adversary or friend? That's the question. Well, you know, nobody's ever really dead here, so true. I'm gonna say that he's 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 definitely one of the one of the elders. If John Hurt is is the main elder, he's like his right hand man, Doctor Screw Eye. But they're always bickering. Nobody, no death. Yeah, that you know that screw is still there. We don't know. Maybe his soul's inside it. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. He that screw is inside. It was used to make baby. You think? But he like sweetened <laughs> up. Her, he sweetened up his voice. There's a single screw somewhere inside the car. That's from his eyeball, <laughs> and it's just it's just glowing green. Baby is Doctor Screw Eye. Wow, that is a connection I never thought we would make. <laughs> They're both doctors, man, or professors rather. Sure. Um. Pivoting to, to a happier subject, uh, the director of this film, Brian Peck. Ugh. Um, do we want to talk about this? I didn't do any Googling for this, so... Um... So Brian Singer, uh, I guess, cast this guy in a lot of movies. Just to start, you know, we'll get to the bad bits in a second. And uh, he was in... Actually, there's two people from this movie, believe it or not, in this film. Um, from Return of the Living Dead. Or excuse me, let me reword that. They're both from Return of the Living Dead. Brian Peck played Scuzz in that film, mm-hmm. but in Return of the Living Dead, he's uh, he gets grabbed through the fucking window by like that real like skin and bone zombie that's like just a torso, and it bites the shit out of his head. Sure does. Oh yeah. And uh, also, apparently, he's a pedophile. Ooh. He uh, uh, you know, he abused someone on the Amanda Show, which he was a producer of. Was that what it was, the Amanda Show, dude? Fucking check this. Uh, I read that he abused them via like anesthesia. What the fuck? It, it, it's terrible. Um, awful shit. I didn't know it was the Amanda show. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I mean that's it. The guy's a piece of shit. I mean he made a pretty good movie. Yeah, he's a scumbag. But uh, I, damn, that's disappointing. The thing with that is, you know, uh, we we had talked about this recently with the whole Victor Salva thing, and we were, you know, off air, not on air. But um, you know, people do awful shit. Um, right. And usually, and usually, bad shit comes out after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. Now, my whole thing with that is like, 
well, oh, how can you, you know, people say, oh, I can't watch that movie because of X. And I'm like, I totally understand that sentiment. Yeah. I totally get it. But it's also a thing where it's like, I kind of like grew up, especially this film. Like I grew up with this film. Mm -hmm. And now that I know later that all that shit happened, the only way I, I can separate this where I can still enjoy this film and be like, oh, this scumbag directed it. It's okay. Especially in low budget filmmaking. Yes, the director's name is on it, but. Most of the, t- you know, this movie wasn't just made by him. Sure. You know what I mean? It was made by the lighting guy, the cinematographer, the actors, the special effects, the, the production designers, yes. the, the location scouters, uh, the even the fucking craft service people made this film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Made it possible. Absolutely. Uh, the grips and the and the and the dolly grips and, and and all of that shit and the gaffers and everything and the sound guys, um, boom operators, the whole fucking nine. It's a collective effort of all these people who probably, for the most part, didn't do any do anything heinous like the director did. So, like, I kind of think of it as, and, and and the fact of the matter is, like, when somebody makes a film and then distributes it, like, they get paid once normally, especially for like an independent film. Like, they're like, okay, here's your check. It's our movie now, and then and then whoever buys it distributes it. You know what I mean? And then that's it. Ninety uh, percent of the time. Probably what happened with this film, uh, since it's like a fuck. I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but it's like a, uh, 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 it's like public domain domain because it's it, it was like bought and so. I mean, Mike shed some light on that too. Um, how it's public domain and it's been changing hands, and then a company goes out of business, and then they pick it up, and then it goes out of business. So it could just be like a big money laundering thing. But case in point is, Peck isn't making any money on it. You know, no, right. Um, he got he got paid once, <laughs> and that's it, right? So we're not. So if you watch this film or purchase this film or whatever, it's not like you're contributing to this man's um, wealth, well being, even or well being. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I get it. I I I, uh, I agree. And like um, as a like longtime wrestling fan, like it's really hard to go back and watch Chris Benoit matches, but also at the same time, it's like he's not the only dude in the ring, and I'm trying to see a you know. Maybe the end of a story or the end of it, like, WrestleMania 20 is really hard to just go, like, well, I'm going to stop now, right before that amazing triple threat match that had two other guys in it. Sure. Sure. I personally can't do Benoit, but I, I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. I have not gone back to watch a Benoit match since that happened, but if someone, you know, in situations where it's on or something like that, where I'm not in control of what's on, it's like, okay, maybe I'll sit through this because there's two other guys in the ring I like. But okay, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's no reason to go back and, you know... uh celebrate his time he was an exceptional fucking wrestler but at the same yeah but he murdered his family so yeah let's not glamorize that right 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 well i guess i i guess my point is that everybody's different and everybody's going to see it differently and everybody's going to have their own opinion on those kinds of things um separate the art from the artist kind of thing but i i guess i just wanted to put it out there um of how i kind of look at films like Jeepers Creepers and Clown House and The Willies and, and, and shit like that. And even H.P. Lovecraft with the whole racist thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had a long talk about that last night on Phantom Zone, funny enough. And our friend we brought on, Izzo, is a black guy, and he had some really interesting insight on it. So, Well, you should probably go listen to that episode then if you're curious. Yes, you should. After it's out, and that's where you can... Uh, Find the source of this horrifying video I made last night. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people about this, Connor. Tell people about this. You got to post this on the fucking Instagram. So I'm going to put on the gram, probably up before this episode's out, but um, 
there we were talking. I don't even remember. I had six strongbows, like back to back to back to back to back to back. To back. <laughs> he was sipping on that fucking cider, boys and girls. I was just sipping on cider the whole time. And at some point, we got into a conversation about horror movies, and Midsommar got brought up. And I just, I think, out of nowhere, blurred out like. What if when they went to get that hammer after the old guy jumped to the cliff and like suddenly just went boop 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 Got the fucking mega hammer. And the fucking Donkey Kong music played. How funny would that be? So then I got off the show and jumped into my very crude video editor and slapped that together real fast. Oh man, what's even funny? You should have added barrels to it. I I was even thinking, Connor, if you really wanted to go crazy when they jump off the cliff, you add the but now the uh, the show art for that episode is um, F- Funky Kong murdering Mario with a hammer. Now that, now that we <laughs> why Funky Kong of all the goddamn Kongs, you picked the worst one. Arlen picked it. I'm like, you know what? It's the wrong Kong, but please keep it because I love the fact that you picked Funky. <laughs> Arlen, you're a fucking troll. I know you're listening. Arlen, you're my hero. <laughs> Funky Kong was the best thing you could have possibly fucking picked. But the way his head is oriented, it's just like, it looks like he's looking over his shoulder at you like, ha <laughs> Just have Cranky fucking falling off the cliff, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be even better. In the wheelchair from like fucking Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Floats down like Tay Diggs' face, like, Oh my god! Oh Cran- my god. Yeah, and he, they throw the fucking phonograph over with him. There it goes. Yeah, there's so many options here, Connor. Look, I wasn't thinking about options. I was thinking I'm drunk and this is funny, so it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm into it. So the Willies, you guys want to talk about it a little bit? What a what a fun little breeze this was. It was like it felt like an hour. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. Um, this is one of my. I think this is like the most sweetest combination of kind of like creep show and uh are you afraid of the dark like kid orientated uh anthology horror anthology movie it just hits all those sweet fucking notes and if i can quote a good friend of mine josh schaefer um the willies is a total comfort flick the equivalent of a 20-piece and a sweet and sour power hour. And I'm going to have to fucking go in on that and be like, fuck yes, exactly. I don't know what a sweet and sour power hour is, but I can definitely relate to a 20-piece. It's just so... It's cozy, I guess, is the is the big is the big point I'm trying to hit home here. It's it's very cozy and it's very charming, and it gives you all it gives me the willies, yeah, in the best way possible. I think it gave me some, yeah, gave me a little mahogany. I got teak, dude, for sure. No, God, this is cozy and brisk. Uh, like I said, it's like an hour and thirty minutes. It feels way shorter than that, but in a good way. I think that's because it was shot in like fucking three different decades because <laughs> basically <laughs> a lot of it like i what is it sean i think you i think we were talking about it and i'm, I'm i seem to be blanking uh, it's got to be like late 80s so let's say it was like three to five years prior to it coming out i think it was the first story was 85 i believe right it, it basically the whole like the big main story the because there's basically the way this movie ends up breaking out is there is a couple short stories in the beginning and then two longer ones and then there's kind of a wraparound and uh, the first main story called Bad Apples, uh, he, he shot over like weekends, essentially, back in the late 80s. And then when he, I, I guess he got the funding or had more time to get better actors, he did the second part with uh, Michael Bauer. And that had to be, I, I believe, this film drops in 1990, but I believe they shot um, Flyboy, which is the Michael Ray Bauer um, segment 
in the eight in eighty eight eighty nine yeah in that bracket right there, and then we have a wraparound that was probably shot right before release with <laughs> Sean Astin <laughs> of all people. Yeah, welcome to the M D U. Oh, Mister Frodo, it's Bobby from Stranger Things. Yes, it sure is. He's in so he is like the eighties guy, right? Oh yeah, he's fucking Mike from the Goonies, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking looking for that one-eyed Willie treasure. All this stuff with uh, Sean Astin looked like it was shot. Uh, very recently, as compared to some of the stuff in the movie, like you guys just implied, I guess. I guess my big question is, where did you? Where did each of us watch this? YouTube. Yeah, because it's impossible to fucking find anywhere else. Okay, so I have this on tape, and I know for a fact because Sean and I were discussing this a little bit um, the other day, th- and I didn't even know it. But there, the cut, the DVD version, which is the one on YouTube, is cut oh. and re-edited yes they uh we're, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes but there's yeah. an entire bit essentially cut out of the dvd version yeah there's an entire segment just excised from it and a joke that is excised from it that i was like i couldn't i couldn't wait till you guys got to it because i was like this is great um it's for the mdu of course but <laughs> <laughs> but I will get I will I will insert it back in because you got it, it's it is not in the cut that you guys watched. Uh, lawnmower man again. Yep. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, it's just strange to me because you would think that they would just take the tape rip, like the VHS rip, um, and just put and just put it, throw it on DVD. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what essentially it looks like. But it, it looks like it's just a different cut of the film entirely, which is strange to me. I have a theory on why the thing was cut. So when we get to it, which I feel like we're, we might as well just start talking about the the movie and then it'll come up yeah we're gonna roll in plus there's one other weird thing i want to talk about when we hit that segment too yep me too (laughs) okay good uh we were talking about it the other day yep um so this movie opens in a tent and you just basically i kind of like this where it's just a pitch black screen and you hear like a couple of kids talking and you know sean astin you could recognize his fucking voice immediately sure it's obviously deeper though now at this point yes yes and uh the light comes on you see like the shape of a tent and then you kind of go in and like i said it's sean astin and his two cousins man this opens and you hear just crickets Yeah. yeah right that that's some that summer night and you're and it you're all auto, it automatically hits you in a wave like yeah and there's like and the fucking text comes up and it's like and it's all like it almost looks like shimmering water mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be like moving and like the credits come up uh in this purple font oh yeah yeah those opening credits i just wanted to comment the font they used in that is fucking amazing yeah it's like a drippy uh font kind of thing like a goopy yeah exactly yeah and it's just I don't know, man. When that when that shit first opens, I'm just like, ugh. I'm imme- I immediately feel at ease, and I'm just like, this is so. It just feels so fucking good. Like I'm, I, I I'm so excited to watch this again. I've seen this a million times. The music too that's playing over it. Yes. Uh, that we get throughout this film. I don't know how you would really classify it. It kind of. It, I think it fits the movie really well for the audience they're trying to hit because i feel like this is definitely aimed at a younger audience like maybe not like really young young adults 12 12, like the same crowd for are you afraid of the dark same exact age group like 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 8 to 12 right preteens yeah randy miller's on the score here and the vibe i love it the vibes that it gives me is actually ghoulies 3 vibes um that score for that film they sound kind of similar um and it's like this weird like creepy but playful 
but goofy at the same time, but totally feels good. You know what I mean? Killer Clowns-esque. Uh, yeah. At some parts, yeah, for sure, yeah. So they're in the tent, and uh, Sean Astin has this lantern, and uh, this other kid, he's like, hey, you here, I have fireflies in a jar. He's like, oh, they, they'll work as a light, and, the, and his brother is just like, yeah, uh, it looks like you're killing them in there. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you something. As a light source, those those fireflies must be radioactive or mutated or something. Because like, he's like, look, wow, the whole fucking area lights. <laughs> did did anybody question? Did anybody else catch fireflies as a kid? As a kid, and like smear them on yourself and pretend it was predator blood? No. Uh, no. Oh. Um, but I can understand why. Um, but okay. I, I here's the thing. I'm alone in that. All right. Has as someone who works with animals and is perfectly okay with like. As a real story, getting dog shit smeared up his face. Um, I do not do creepy crawlies. No thanks. Really? <laughs> so have you ever taken the dog shit that was smeared on your face and make predator fucking marks like Joe was just describing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That you, so you did yourself up like Dutch, right? Like in the mud? Yeah. With dog shit. <laughs> the whole head's covered. I fucking took my finger and just like did that shit from Alien vs. Predator. Just like you're now an honorary poop warrior. Oh, no. He didn't see me. I got shit all over me. I got dog shit. I got dog shit uh, uh, armor on. Thank you, you giant fucking pit bull. <laughs> I'm killing me. I'm here. I'm covered in shit. Yes, for a quick reference, I was picking up a pit bull, and he was covered in dog shit. <laughs> His tail swung backwards, hit me in the chin, brushed up my face, and it was covered in diarrhea. Oh, oh my goodness. You know what? That's the day that I just I just let go. I just, I just <laughs> turn around and walk the fuck out. And I get hit by a fucking car on oncoming traffic. I think that was a day where I earned my, like, veterinary assistant badge. Yeah, I could see that. Because, like, if you can take that, you're like, I'm good. (laughs) I feel like if your job, if you were, like, a Cub Scout at your job, you'd have that whole fucking uh, uh, sash filled with badges by now. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Boom. One shot. Um, Real quick, too. So Josh is the little brother. Kyle's the older brother. And Sean Astin is Michael, their cousin. Um... I was just, you know, we were looking and we like to we like to see who's playing who because obviously these kids are no names. But Josh, the little brother, is credited as Joshua John Miller, who is the little brother from Teen Witch. That is not the same fucking guy. So somebody fucked up on IMDb. P.S. Ooh, somebody got Crispin Glovered. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the same dude at all. Um, he kind of looked like uh the shitty little friend from the Blob remake who gets murdered in the sewer. Oh, kinda. Yeah, the little blonde kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah the little bratty one who I'm like, man, I hope he yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he also looks like Sherman Putterman from Terror Vision, kinda. It's Ooh. like a mashup of him and the kid from the Blob. Yeah, a little bit. He also was uh, irritating in this sequence too because he wouldn't stop telling the same. Uh, ter- Terrible child joke. Yeah. Well, you know, he kept fucking with that pot of taters. He kept saying, what, what, what are these taters? <laughs> he's telling riddles and shit. He's like, he's like, he's like, what's, what's grosser than gross, Mr. Barons? <laughs> Meanwhile, Sean Astin is just like, hey, leave me alone. I just got back from a fucking pirate ship in a cave with, with my friends, the Goonies, the, the Oogies. Uh, <laughs> copyright, anybody? Goonies TM. Because this kid, he's, what does he say, Joe? You tell me what this kid fucking says to him. So so they're all telling bad jokes and shit, and then they start telling each other. He's like, you want to hear something really scary? And then he and then Dan Aykroyd comes in the tent and scares the shit up. No, that's not what Call somebody else. He comes in, he's like, well, let me tell you about the time I met the men in black. <laughs> hey, you want to hear about some UFOs? Okay, dear. Bye. You want some vodka, kids? Buy my vodka. 
<laughs> Buy my crystal skull vodka. He just sits in that tank in the tent and just smokes cigarettes the whole time. And he's like, and then these very pale men came to my studio and they said, shut your show down right now. Mr. Aykroyd, why do you still have a flip phone? It's 2020. <laughs> it works. Why would I get rid of it? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> so Sean Astin's telling the story and because because the, the little kids telling like stupid jokes like what's what's grosser than 10 de- 10 dead puppies in a barrel one dead puppy in 10 barrels I get 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 so Sean Astin's like all right well you want to hear something uh so he goes to tell him a story and the one older brother stops and he goes he goes hold on a second he's like wait this isn't that stupid story about you and your friends find that dumb old pirate ship, is it? Mikey from the fucking Goonies! It's the same guy! That's fantastic. I missed that for some reason. Okay, so that joke, because I thought I missed it too, because it wasn't, it's not in the DVD cut, I thought. Oh, then I maybe I didn't hear it then, because... That's what I'm asking. I might have looked it up after the fact. I definitely heard it, though. I'm almost positive it's totally deleted from it, because it comes right before the poodle in the microwave. That is bizarre. Yeah, it's not there. That's a fantastic joke why would you remove that it's fuck. i don't know copyright maybe you want to just talk about the poodle in the microwave first just get it out of the way get the elephant out of the room okay well okay we'll, we'll just do that only because sorry i didn't know we were gonna roll right into that sure sure just i mean we're talking about it we might as well so on the tape there is that joke that i just did about the goonies which solidifies the fact that goonies really happened in this universe in the willies universe <laughs> Fucking willies were doing MDU shit before we came along, even. I, I, right? They were, uh, they got to jump on the fucking MCU too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just thought that was so funny. I always thought that was so funny that joke, and it seems to not be intact in the DVD version. That is weird. And it comes right before Poodle in the Microwave, and that entire scene is excised from the dvd and it's exactly what it sounds like i have no fucking idea what you're talking about <laughs> yes yeah because it's not there um in the vhs it's there um so it's basically this it's basically they're telling urban legends right at first and he's like he's like oh man i knew this guy whose grandma put his fuck put her fucking poodle in the microwave to dry it off and it's just it's it's like floofsome's cousin pooksums <laughs> And she takes this yeah. fucking poodle, this old woman takes this poodle and sticks it in a microwave, and it it explodes all over her. <laughs> and that's the story. It is the most nerve-wracking thing for, for a slapstick payoff that I was yeah. ever expecting. Like, basically, like, Connor, for three minutes, this fucking poodle is in there like, and, oh. and the woman's <laughs> waiting. Not, nothing, like, negative happening to it. Literally, as it ends at one second, the poodle is still totally intact. It ends and it explodes into like fucking like gore into her face. It explodes into fucking cat food. It's like it's like gremlins when 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 Miss Peltzer puts the fucking <laughs> gremlin in the microwave. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Joe, you had to tell me about this scene, so I, I YouTubed it. And uh, weirdly enough, there's also which I don't think we ever came down to a conclusion on this, but there's an, no. another fucking cut of this movie with a troll monster introducing the scene it's not in the it's not in the dvd cut so i was like oh i'm sure the scene is by itself because it's iconic scene from this film so we stumble and we're looking on youtube and i come across it and the scene is introduced by this fucking troll guy and he's like oh hey uh goody uh you know how about a fucking poodle in the microwave and then it like cuts to the willies movie of the poodle in the microwave thing 
Um, and then it cuts back, and he's like, "Huh, that wasn't too good." Eh, what about Gordy Belcher? And then it, the 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 clip ends. Um, right. And I was trying to look through the comments and find out where the fuck this aired, what the fuck this guy is from. He's like this weird troll guy. It, it's like a dude in prosthetics. Um, it actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. And I have no fucking clue what it's from. Or what cut it's from? Because, again, you have the VHS and then you have the DVD, but the DVD is just basically a a VHS rip but a different cut. But it doesn't have a troll guy in it. Here's my thought on why that sequence isn't in the DVD. Were people just afraid their fucking kids were going to really do that? Was that a thing? No, or maybe it was just, like, too extreme, they thought, for kids? I don't know, man. Like, But it was already on home video at that point. Sure. Here's my thing, though. Like, as far as, like, censoring it for content, like, that's the hill you wanted to die on, but the rest of this film has someone getting their arms ripped off and a bunch of kids being... Well, ev- that's exactly... Yeah, a bunch of kids being eviscerated <laughs> right. in a bathroom. Like, what's the fucking difference? Uh, the difference is you actually see the poodle explode into gore all over the place. I mean, I could see it if they, like modeled like a melting poodle and they did like a you know in action as it's going on like i could be like oh yeah maybe you don't put that in there it's for kids but it's like done in a very comical fashion dude the door on this fucking microwave flings open and shit flies at this woman and it covers her in poodle garbage so yeah that's that's that that's a we we gotta find out maybe maybe somebody could fucking tell us if you know at home yeah i had never seen that let us know in an email or when we post this in one of the comments on one of the videos (laughs) somebody let us know because we're we're perplexed and we had talked to mike uh, about it and i think the answer lies in the fact that this movie has changed hands so many times sure. um, that they were trying to repackage it and resell it as something else with like that fucking troll guy I guess but yeah wherever that exists I fucking need that version of it <laughs> whether it's on tape or whatever I'm sure it's a it might you know what it might be it might be international cut of it who knows maybe or like you know it's like uh some stations like weekend you know run of tv shows and they have like oh we have this version with this extra footage we did because why not or maybe like that's so strange yeah like like uh like t- footage that's usually shot for the made for tv version like doesn't halloween have a bunch of extra shit that's not on like the home video release because it was basically just for tv this is hugely different (laughs) this is different i feel like in this situation you have a movie that went through so many different hands and sensitivities and opinions that someone was like oh we could restructure this or we could reformat this and that doesn't need to be there and that could be there and let's take this out and like that's you're putting it you're pushing it through so many filters that yeah i'm not surprised there's so many differences in versions i guess so maybe it was just at the mercy of this distributor i feel like yeah yeah exactly well uh we'll post it on facebook and on instagram in some capacity so you guys can see what we're talking about but it is bizarre oh yeah we'll put the fucking video up um but anyway i just wanted to talk about that right here and now now uh the first one actually the first little story tennessee fricassee baby oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was watching a Good Burger sketch. The, the kid, the kid's like, "You ever hear about this fucking lady at a restaurant?" And then it cuts to fucking the Tennessee Fricassee's uh, restaurant. It cuts to a chunky chicken. All right, like we go. Fun. Oh my <laughs> god, it is! 
Okay, it's canon. It's Chunky Chicken. We're fucking right there, and like it's a it's a it, it's an upscale uh fucking Chunky Chicken though, like <laughs> far away from wherever Charnetsky gets his because this place is clean. It's got nice employees. Well, this is like across town. The other Chunky Chicken, they don't forget the buttered rolls at this one. No, they don't forget the fucking honey for the roll, man. Yeah, exactly. Charnetsky's just standing outside the fucking chicken place, like looking in solemnly, eating the fucking biscuit. <laughs> they won't let him in. <laughs> I sit on my ass, I eat my fucking chunky chicken. Tear rolls down his eye. Why won't you let me inside? You put you try to put us out of business last time, Turnetsky, get out of here. Don't I don't fucking tell me that. Just puts his greasy palm on the glass window and streaks it down the side, just leaving a huge crease stain. Oh the manager's like, you can come inside if you take a fucking bath. Well, he's in his bathrobe, right? And he fucking like <laughs> he like just reaches in and like instead of like the black fucking uh you know, tar shit from uh, from from the the black magic creeping into the forest. He like pulls out the fucking chicken grease and just wipes it on the fucking uh, <laughs> window there. Yeah, that's what. I'm, yeah, exactly. He just marks it. They're like, oh no, he was here. The sad thing is, Charnetsky doesn't go and get his own chicken anymore. He makes Dobby do it. He puts him through fucking peril to get his chicken bones or his chicken in a bucket. Yeah, he always he always had the kid get it, the punker kid. Yeah, well, you know, he's out of the picture now that he's ascended. You know, Charnetsky he doesn't deal with mortals anymore. Well. Well, sure, sure, yeah. He sent. That's why they keep killing Dobby to send him to Earth to get Chunky Chicken. Yep. <laughs> My life is a horrible cycle. Nobody fucking makes Chunky Chicken like they do in fucking wherever this is. When Dobby dies at the end of Deathly Hollows, you know he gets buried by Potter and he wakes up in the fucking wizard's mansion. <laughs> But Terry Potter just buried me. Well, welcome back, Dobby. How many times have you died this time? For the first time, right? All right, yeah, that was the first time. I keep imagining, like, Do- he, like, Dobby's minding his own business and Charnsky walks up with a loaded revolver. He's like, guess what? I'm hungry. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> he's got to die on the material plane to get back to the mansion, and then he's got to be killed at the mansion to get back to the material plane. <laughs> and he comes back, and he's like, you forgot my fucking biscuit. It's, it's a vicious cycle, man. It's a living. Oh, Dobby fu- is fucked for life. Dobby's existence is pain. Oh, just give me a sock, please. <laughs> that ain't gonna help you, little bastard. Go get my fucking chicken completely. So this woman goes into this fucking fast food place to, to buy some food. And, uh, you know, she orders the bucket of chicken. And a chocolate shake. Oh, yeah, cho- and a moose shake. She's got to get that. She's got to wash it all down with the moose shake, dude. Ugh, yep. my stomach. Like <laughs> <laughs> This bucket of chicken, I mean, I don't know if we have to really paint the, a picture for you guys at home, but just think a KFC bucket of chicken, but it's like twice the fucking size. It's a fucking 10-piece, man. What are you talking about? That's so many pieces of chicken for one person. <laughs> yeah. And a chocolate milkshake. And I guess that's the joke. Uh, cause then she goes and she takes the bucket and sits down. And before you go to see what happens, Dana Ashbrook fucking walks in. Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks. Bobby fucking Briggs. Sure is. Dressed like a goddamn biker. Here's the thing. He walked in. I didn't see his face and he, he speaks. And I was like, Bobby? They only show it for like, <laughs> they only show him for like two seconds. Cause he's like, I'll have some Gettysburg nuggets. And then like his girlfriend like slaps his ass he's like to go oh my god uh (laughs) this woman's eating her bucket of chicken and it turns out that one of her pieces that she takes a big old fucking bite out of is actually a deep fried rat (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm starting to have a problem with the trend of rat violence in the movies we watch it's starting to get a little disconcerting Every time it happens, I turn around, I'm like, you're fine, buddy. Splinter took a ride up that fucking suckling sewer, 
hole. He came out that toilet and fucking found his way into Tennessee Fricassee, man. So this is a timeline where the turtles don't happen because he was eaten by a fat woman in a chicken place? Right, but the suckling is still trained in ninjutsu. <laughs> and there's a mutated baby fetus out there somewhere doing ninjutsu. So the, the suckling trains turtles, what you're telling me. Yes, but he's avenging the he's avenging Splinter by killing everybody that works at Tennessee Fricassee. <laughs> it's classic. It's a classic movie. I like how we're pitching scripts that would never get made. <laughs> This is the fucking MDU, dude. This is what happened. <laughs> there are no Ninja Turtles here. It's the suckling. We're already off the fucking radar, off the map. Yeah. We're, 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 we're off into the fucking space at this point, guys. Prepubescent mutant ninja baby. <laughs> Get it. Print on a t-shirt. Dun, 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 dun. Prepubescent ninja baby. Oh, my. Flush down a toilet. Mutant power. Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, she eats this rat and screams and... That's kind of that story. And then they just kind of go into it, and there's like another... And then this is where the... I, I believe this is where the poodle would be um, inserted. Okay. So then he, he you know, he tells us... You know, Sean Aston tells a story, like I said before, and the kid says the thing about the Goonies, and then poodle, pfft, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> then at some point, again, like, they're commenting on the fireflies in this guy's jar, and he's like, I, I put holes in it. And it's like... Buddy, uh, I don't think you did. Yeah. You're just killing these poor bastards. Also, are your fireflies Christmas lights? <laughs> I love when the, the little kid goes, did she throw up? And the older brother goes, what are you, fucking stupid? How does he know that? And, <laughs> and Sean Hudson goes, I'm going to say she had the urge to regurge. <laughs> well, you just ate a fucking deep fried rat, so uh, yeah, that adds up. I'm staying far away from that. <laughs> Um, for those at home that don't know, Connor has a pet rat named Neobard. Yes, he's behind me. He's sleeping right now. I'm glad he's not awake for this. Oh, man. Do you think, like, he's going to save that rat? He's going to fucking, because he's reverse flash. He's going to go back in time <laughs> and fucking just, like, snap that woman's neck or, or whoever was cooking the fucking fryer, right? Whoever's working the fryer. I think he's sleeping, but he, really, he just keeps zipping out of his cage to go save rats from different instances. <laughs> he's got one eye open, just making sure you're not looking at him. Yeah. Do they just have, like, critters working in the kitchen? They're just, like, jumping around, like, fucking up, you know, jumping in the salad and the burger ingredients and shit, just throwing whatever in the, in the uh, deep fryer and just handing it to the fucking workers. Bitchin'. Gordon Ramsay's in the back, like, just yelling at a bunch of fucking rodents, like, fucking roll! <laughs> <laughs> the big one, right? Ugg is still in critter form? Yes, yes. So, the next one is, uh... The Haunted Estate. Oh, man. And they talk They talk about this place called Wacky Kingdom, which I love this, right? Instead of like, you know, Magic Kingdom. It's supposed to be like a riff on the Haunted yeah. Mansion. And um, it's called Wacky Kingdom. Not Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. Just want to clarify. Not that horrid piece of shit. Never saw it. Tell you the truth. The beautiful ride that I've ridden many times in my, in my life. It's so wonderful, the Haunted Mansion. Stop talking about things that aren't real. That's not a real movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, good point, Connor. Exactly. Doesn't exist. It's never happened. I've never fucking seen it. Let's keep it that way. No one did. It's not real. <laughs> just go Just go ride the ride, goddammit. Yeah. Give Disney more money. So this this old guy gets on the ride, and it's the fucking guy from Home Alone in the airport. Yes, Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin, and it, and she's like, she's like, oh, Ed, look, uh, Catherine O'Hara is gonna give us a a, a credit card, a Rolex, three hundred dollars cash, and the first class tickets tomorrow, and these earrings. Look at these earrings. And he's like, oh, she got a whole shoebox full of them, a dangly ones. 
<laughs> and then she's like, oh, you know, she, the whole thing where she's like, oh, I'm desperate. And he's like, all right. I'll take your stuff, too, but come on. <laughs> well, I'll take your $300 in cash. I'm pretty sure that old woman was also, like, the lady that gets with, uh, co- with Cobble Pot at the end of <laughs> fucking Ernest Saves Christmas. It's possible, dude. I think it is. So, yeah, it's like a Haunted Mansion ride. And, and it's just funny because, this, you know, Bill Irwin, this old man, is just like, oh, I did, why did I choose this ride? I should have chose the fucking teak, you know, the, 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 it's a small world or whatever. I should have went on the alien encounter. That wouldn't have given me a goddamn heart attack. Yes, it fucking would have, old man. P.S. I have a review of me coming off the, uh, alien encounter ride when it was still in Disney, like my dad filming me, and it lasts about two seconds because he gets bored. Yeah, you've talked about it before. I think you said... He goes, hey, Joe, explain this ride to me. And you start talking and he goes, all right, and just turns it off. Yep. Fact. Uh, I, I got I got to post that on the uh, Instagram. Little baby Joe. Watch your watch your hype and excitement get assassinated on camera. Oh, yeah. And it's like, hey, this is a testament to my life. Uh, the alien encounter ride scared the living shit out of me when I went on it. And I never went on it again. Every, my brother loved it. My dad was into it. I was just like, I'll wait here. I, I went on it twice the same day. I went in and it was awesome. I just went with my dad the first time. I was like, this is amazing. And then the second time I went in with, you know how you have like like fake cousins and fake uncles? Yes. Sure, sure, yeah. And so I went in with my cousin and um, she freaked the fuck out. Yeah. It freaked me out. And then to see her like that in distress, like fucked me up. And then like I freaked out. <laughs> Um, I mean, now it's like the Lilo and Stitch ride. I mean, I haven't been to Disney probably in like 10 years. That thing was fucking booted out the door after like two years, I think. Uh, yeah. That was supposed to be a licensed Xenomorph experience or as it was pitched, and it was downgraded to like, you know, a generic alien and then downgraded again to, well, I guess upgraded depending on who you're talking to, to Lilo and Stitch. Right. Let me tell you something. That fucking ride was genius and amazing and scary and wonderful um i we julie and i my fiance went on the um the the lilo and stitch version of it because i was like fuck i was like it's not there but now it's lilo and stitch i was like we gotta go in because it's gotta be similar right and everything's the same it's just replaced with stitch well yeah which makes it way more friend uh kid friendly because it's like you know if for people that have never been on it well i guess now you can never be on it if you haven't but uh they, they basically it's like this alien walks around and then you're sitting in chairs basically and it's 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 like a i don't know how you would explain like an like a special effects show basically yeah it's a set it's a sensory um attack it's attack on your senses it's a 4d performance show essentially yes. what it is, with props sound effects and stuff that affects your chair and your physical being yeah it's like a, it's it's an assault on your senses except sight because the alien gets out and you're plunged into darkness and then the fuck now i'm i'm sorry i have my i have my soapbox here so now i'm going to explain i'm going <laughs> to give you the fucking review i'm like i'm like picturing this in my head yeah, and yeah. i and i didn't like it as a kid i can remember this vividly uh you so, so you're strapped in this fucking chair it's almost like a roller coaster with the overhead things like the batman ride um so you can't move or get up obviously because it's in the dark uh, these aliens transfer, they're supposed to be transferring one of their ambassadors to, to the ride, but instead it's a, they, they accidentally send an alien <laughs> that breaks out of this glass case in the center of the room and plunges everything into darkness. The way they show this, 
it's this big glass tube in the center of the fucking room mm-hmm. and they show it crack and like the lights go through it and you see like the steam and they actually have this incredibly scary from what I remember looking alien that's like gy- you know gyrating and shit in there and then all the lights go out yeah it looks like well now that I'm thinking about it it kind of looks like a crack it has like a giant claw that it like smashes the fucking window with oh yes 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 but what's cool is it can fly so like it flies overhead and there's like wind there's like uh air things bursting at you so it feels like it's like flying over your head and then there's like a heat vent in the back of your chair and like yes. it's like breathing on your neck and you can hear it go Ugh, and like you can feel it that's the part that got me yep <laughs> And the fucking, then, like, some dude is up in the rafters, like, okay, folks, like, everybody just relax, like, we're gonna have the power back on or whatever. He's got, like, a flashlight. Oh, you can see the flashlight? And the fucking alien kills him, his light goes out, and then you, as the alien is ripping him apart, they, like, shoot you with fucking water, like, his blood is squirting on you? Yeah. It's wonderful. It was, it was absolutely fucking wonderful. I probably would have loved it if I was just a little bit older, but... You know, okay, so on a side note, the Lilo and Stitch ride, I think, goes a little too kitty. It's like they almost went too far in the other direction. And like Connor said, maybe that's why it didn't last. Well, sure, it's all the same. It's all the same shit. And like Stitch is like, breathe on your neck. And then like he's slobbering you. And like that's the wet shit or whatever. Sure. So uh, to match that story, I saw once a Friday the 13th 4D show. What? For the remake, which essentially is just a quick highlight reel of all the murders in that movie. Guess what that experience was like? It fucking sucked, because every time oh. someone was stabbed, your chair poked you in the back. Oh, yeah, they had that at the fucking <laughs> Bugs Life ride, dude. Yes, it was terrible. I'm like, thanks for the fucking pressure points. I don't want to be here ever again. Yeah, that's shitty. What is that, the 4D thing? I know they have 4D theaters. I never was in one. It was uh, it was at um, uh, the Fright Dome experience out in Vegas when I went there last, a few years ago, yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. They have a 4D theater not too far from me um, in Stroudsburg, and it wasn't up and running, but they were going to show Crawl in there, and I feel like, ah, and I feel like that cool. would be perfect because it's a storm the whole time and raining. Like, you know, you got the wind fucking going in there, a little bit of sprinkle going on while you're watching that. Love that idea. You could definitely get, like, the breathing on the neck when there's fucking alligators and shit, like, going around. Or fucking air underneath the seats. Yeah. You know, that's nothing new, right? Like, it's been around forever since, like, the Tingler and shit. I mean, I don't really go to, like, Six Flags or theme parks, as I mean, especially with the pandemic, but, like, I haven't really made that a habit probably in, like, eight or nine years, but I used to, like, when I was in high school early 20s i used to go all the fucking time so i don't i don't know how different it is now i i have no idea i'm speaking from like i don't know seven years ago sure was the last time and that was disney i went to disney seven years ago but yeah back to the willies yeah (laughs) nice nice little detour (laughs) nice little detour there um so so yeah so so we're at this haunted mansion or the haunted estate rather and this guy's going through this thing and each thing is just one after another scaring the shit out of this guy i love this guy because he's like oh no ah (laughs) i'd like to get out now oh my heart this is so scary well and it's like if you've ever been on the uh the haunted mansion ride they have like you know ghosts and shit like in the uh, ride that you watch do stuff and in this it's like actually people that are like jumping out with him and like fucking harassing him dude i I kind of love it if they had that where because at this one point there's like a zombie that comes out and like grabs him and like yeah he rips the zombie's arm off and shit 
Uh, there's like a Jack the Ripper type killer that like kills this woman, slits her throat, and like shoots blood all over him, like actual green shit all over him. Yeah, and she has she has a worse accent than anyone you've ever attempted, Joe. I don't know what the fuck she was doing there, but she's like, <laughs> "Help me, he's here." She's like, "Help, help me, he's here." I'm like, "Oh, stop it! You're fucking hurting me." Like. <laughs> Don't let him fight me. Don't let him get me. He's gonna stab me with his knife. He's go. He's near. He's here. He's gonna kill me. I'm like, what are you from all of Britain? Calm down. Like, <laughs> couldn't decide where. She's the actual stone in the block. Uh, but yeah, she has green blood for some reason. Um, and then Jack the Ripper, uh, TM, uh, drags her away. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pizza face, Jack the Ripper. And then the ride comes to an end. He kind of strolls up to the attendant. Played by Kimmy Roberts, another goddamn Twin Peaks fucking alumni, Lucy in Twin Peaks. Oh, hey, Punky. She um is always the QED report woman from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead for Me. Oh. So, Ellen, I got the QED report. <laughs> She's got that voice. She is another person with a very distinct voice. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I heard her, I was like, you're so adorable every time I see you. She's also in Leprechaun 2 with Clint Howard. Yeah. Really? They're like a couple. Yeah, it's just the center of one of my favorite comedic bits from the Twin Peaks revival revolving uh, her not understanding how cell phones work. <laughs> um, but yeah, old man kind of gets off this ride, um, and don't we... Uh... Oh, he doesn't get off this ride. <laughs> yeah, he dies, that's the whole thing. She sees him, she's like, oh my god! Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, there's like, a, there's like you know, like they have the paintings where uh, on the Haunted Mansion ride where like it looks like a ghost is sitting next to you or whatever? Yeah. Yep. Well, these paintings are like actual actors like with frames around them, and this one dude jumps out, Farmer Hackett, ready to whack it. And he fucking brings his axe down between this guy's fucking crotch. And he seemingly dies of fright. <laughs> and that's why they closed that ride down, man. That's why it's such a wussy ride now. Yeah, I'm sure. Somebody only died on it, asshole. <laughs> and uh, then then we get the proper title card. Okay. The willies. This is another thing. When they come out of this, on this cut of this, uh, this version, for the DVD version, it's, um, they like cut from that to the boys again and then like lightning strikes and then it cuts to the card the title card but what happens in the vhs and he's like oh that was that was creepy but sean Aston leans in and goes on the tape he goes he goes wow that was creepy but this story is guaranteed to give you the willies tm and then the lightning strikes and then it cuts to the card what why the fuck would they cut that out i don't know it's just strange like yeah we gotta save 12 seconds here cut it yeah uh well we don't want them to say the name because we're gonna show the name in a uh whatever how much do we gotta cut out to make sure it's our version and not the version from the people we bought it from (laughs) two minutes okay let's make it happen people it could be one of those things where it's like well we cut x y and z out so now it's our version you know like like we own this version of it I, yeah i don't know what the fucking logic is who knows why does it say the title was a james bond movie get that shit out of here <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good because he says that and then fucking lightning cracks and then the kids are scared and then it cuts to the to the titles um and it's like this cool it's not a storybook but it's like these titles are neat because they're like framed out almost like a storybook with these cool pieces of art and then it has like you know all the credits and shit and it ends with this awesome piece of artwork of like it almost looks like a Stephen Gamel drawing like scary story Stephen Gamel where like there's this tent on a piece of uh earth and like it's just like 
how do you I even describe it? There's like a pillar of dirt and then like this portion of earth with this tent on it and then like a tree in the in like the middle of space. It, it, it's it's really cool. Describing the art from uh, scary, stories, scary stories to someone else without the actual picture in front of them is like, look, it's fucked up. All right, I just <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's just fucked up. Like, uh, you know, it's black, it's black and white, and things are stringy and drippy and disproportionate. Yeah, there's stuff that's dripping that shouldn't be dripping. There's stuff that's gooey that shouldn't be gooey, and everything's yeah. just floating around. Stuff has hair that shouldn't have hair. Ugh. You ever hear a Junji Ito? It's kind of like that, but tamer. Kinda. Japanese Stephen Gamble. See, see, Joe, a fun bit of trivia is that originally, before uh, Sean Aston said the Willies, he looked at the camera and said, what, are we some kind of a suicide squad? And then it cuts to the title card. <laughs> Fuck that movie, by the way. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation, dude. Yeah, don't want to get off on that side tangent. But yes, fuck it. Uh, so, we get a, uh, I think we get a tiny bit more setup, but then we go roll right into this first story. Sean Aston mentions that, like, oh, you know, my dad knows this guy who was a janitor at this school, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, and the kids are like, oh yeah, we we Uncle Harry fucking works at those schools, blah blah blah. We we know that, Josh, and like, yep. Well, guess what? This really happened at this school, right? And then we fade up, and then we meet fucking Danny Hollister and Greeley Elementary. This poor kid is in a school of sociopaths. Man, this poor motherfucker. I wanted to reach to the fucking TV and grab these two fucks by the freaking throat. Three, actually. Three of them. One is the one of them's the kid from Growing Pains. <laughs> Why does that make so much sense now? Not Kirk. Not Kirk Cameron. The other guy. <laughs> the other kid. One of them looked like a baby Butnik from Salute Your Shorts. Like he had a giant orange mullet and like a little blank sleeveish, like a black sleeveish T-shirt. I'm like, oh my god. The kid with the maiden shirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like- Rudy Kobelnicky is his name. He's like, I wear an Iron Maiden shirt. I like heavy metal, so I'm an asshole. Clearly. Yeah. My brother likes it, so I'm gonna beat you up because you're a fucking little bastard or whatever since we live in a town where there's no adults in sight no well you know we don't have rick moranis to fucking help the kid out no but we have james karen to help the kid out yeah mr jenkins mr jenkins he's fucking helping all the all all of the uh the outcast nerdy kids i want to just say i have no fucking clue how this this next part even happens uh this is this is magic all right like these bullies uh you know they pick on this main kid danny just because i guess because he has glasses on i don't i'm not really sure what their beef is with this kid they fucking rip up his artwork he like won a he won first prize and they rip his fucking artwork off the bulletin board I wanted to fucking kill them. Why is that not locked? Why? Yeah, right? Yeah, you could just grab it. That hurt my heart when he ripped it off, and it's like, oh, uh, the edges. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, that was really bad. But if that wasn't enough, they then take a fire hose and fucking rope it around the friggin' pipes in the ceiling and hang this kid like he's Ollie in March of the Wooden Soldiers about to get dunked. They give him a fucking fire hose diaper, and they hoist him up there. They fucking John McClane this kid. Like, this fucking... <laughs> He's one. Not only is he suspended th- via a fire hose uh, diaper in some like crude pulley system. Um, when you find him, he's got like handkerchiefs stuffed in his mouth, and like he's got like, other shit tied around him. Like he's been run through the fucking ringer. He looks like he's been tarred and feathered. Dude, he has got the first prize, his first prize ribbon stuffed in his mouth. Yes, and he's <laughs> and, and the way he's up there is li- like because the, okay, so I'm sure. This isn't a thing anywhere anymore, but the way that it used to be for a long time was they had a fire hose that was, like, on a coil 
uh, in schools or like public places like that, or like big buildings like that, where you can like pull this fire hose off and like turn it on, and it'll, and you'll, you know, if you need it, like an emergency to put out a fire. Um, so what this is is like this big giant, uh. <laughs> flat fire hose that they're able to wrap around this kid and then hoist him up using <laughs> the uh the 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 reel that the hose wraps around. Did they get a ladder? Did they ask an adult for help? These kids gotta be like four feet tall max. They got fucking help from Miss Titmarsh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get to her in a second. Yeah. Because they run off and Mr. Jenkins, this janitor, this kind old man with glasses and this very stereotypical, like, janitor's outfit on. Just gray with a bow tie in his name. Fucking James Karen, man. Okay, yeah. I met James Karen um, at uh, Monster Mania, ah, geez, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago? Um, He was super sweet and uh, super awesome, and him and his wife were great. Um, I had him sign my Willie's tape, and... He was just super psyched about it, and I think that's when I learned when he was like, "Yeah, this, you know, this was shot, uh, uh, you know, in '85, didn't come out the blah blah." And I'm like, "Oh shit, I didn't know that. What have you?" Um, ah, yeah. But there's a quote a little later um, that I wanted him to put on it, and that quote is, "Hello, handsome." And he wouldn't do it because he thought, like, I wanted him to do it for me. What? Yeah, he like wouldn't do it because he's like, "Oh, that's." gay or whatever i'm not gonna do that i'm like dude no you say that in the movie about yourself i'm like that's my favorite line because of the context it's in oh my lord (laughs) i'm not coming on to you mr karen i'm just trying to like yeah because he looks so perplexed and he's like uh i think i'll just put you know i'll just do this i'm like okie dokie closet homophobe i don't know dude it was weird uh but r.i.p um he was a sweet dude (laughs) yeah <laughs> After that story, all right, Pete. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't mean to put him on the put him on blast, but like it was just it was just strange because yeah, why not? Right? I, I figured he would be like I don't know into it or like uh, get it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, yeah. It's one of the only pieces of dialogue he has. You would assume if he was like psyched that you had the VHS, exactly. Well, he comes whistling up with his fucking cart of uh, janitorial supplies, and he finds this kid hanging up. He's like, huh. How the hell did that happen? Takes his merry time. He's like, he's like, whoa, Danny, how you? What are you doing up there? <laughs> well, that seems real unfortunate. <laughs> I'm like, will you just stop taking your sweet ass time and get this kid off the ceiling? Well, it's not like he can just cut the fucking, you know, proverbial line. He has to like unwind the hose, you know, give it some slack. Well, he certainly chats him up before he decides to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're gonna tell me who it was, right? <laughs> yeah. So then he gets him down and he he pulls it out of his mouth and he's like, yeah, it was those bullies. It wasn't. And he's like, I can't tell you. They'll beat me up more. He's like, but but you didn't tell me. Let's say you didn't tell me. It was so-and-so. I forget the kid. What is the uh, bully's name? Do you remember, Connor? I have no idea. I was calling him Baby Butnick. Oh, I like that, Baby Butnick. So he's like, so it was Baby <laughs> Butnick, wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, it was Iron Maiden, the kid with the Iron Maiden shirt on that heavy metal head. Um, and he's like, yeah, just, uh, you can't let him know that I told you. And he's like, ah, he's like, don't worry about it. And, uh, so he runs off to class and, uh, he gets to class and this fucking teacher, Miss Titmarsh. Yeah, Kathleen Freeman, dude, from fucking Gremlins 2. She's like on the cooking show. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't she like, 
I forget. Does she like cook a gremlin or start attacking one in the kitchen? No, she's like, she's like, oh, bean dip roll ups or whatever. And then she's like, now let's move on to our chowder doodles. And she like opens it and fucking Daffy pops out and like squirts her with a fucking turkey baster. Yeah, I mean, uh, look her up. She's in a ton of stuff. But uh, if you've seen Hocus Pocus, she's the teacher that's basically, you know, Matt, Max's fucking teacher. And she's, you know what else too? Uh, uh, we were going back and we watched the um, the original Fly series. Sure. Uh, the first one and, and Return of the Fly and Curse of the Fly. Vincent Price. Yeah, dude. Um, she's in the first movie. Holy shit. As like the maid. And I'm like, holy, oh. I've never seen her so young. Like I've only seen her as she is in this movie as like the old lady playing the teacher or whatever. It's like seeing it's like seeing young Leslie Nielsen or like Judy Dench or Helen Mirren. You're like, sure. whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is a total bitch to this kid. And I don't, and I don't use that word lightly. Because he, she's like, ah, you're late for class. What the hell was the holdup? Sit in your seat. You got to take a test. He's like, sorry, Miss Titmarsh. This teacher and the one from uh, Prancer clearly went to the same educational establishment to get their teaching degrees because uh, they both excel at singling out kids in their class who are vulnerable and making fools out of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, how blind can you be? You don't see that this poor kid is getting picked on by these two, excuse me, by these three snot rags in the fucking corner. Well, she's doing it too, man. She doesn't give a shit. Oh, yeah, no. She's like, you got to hand out the pop quiz. She's like, everyone's favorite topic fractions you have 50 minutes i'm like god damn lady you're really fucking putting these kids in <laughs> in peril this is a hard test um so yeah he hands the test out and they they do this bit where uh you know danny has to use the bathroom because he never got a chance to go before class because he was hanging up in the fucking rafters and she's like, I can't believe you're trying to leave to go to the bathroom in the middle of a test. It's probably because you are trying to cheat. And he's like, no, I really have to go, Miss Titmarsh. Dude, let me pre- preface this with the fact that, like, he's raising his hand and she, like, blatantly ignores him. She looks up and just, like, continues reading. Yeah. This fucking kid goes up to the front of the class and is standing there and she just ignores him while he stands there. He has to say her name twice before she acknowledges it acknowledges him and then embarrasses him in front of the fucking class by by asking them if they think he should be allowed to go to the bathroom that is some ugly ass fucking shit um i had a teacher like this (sighs) i think we all did right yeah i think every kid at least has one yeah i definitely had a teacher like this in silver bag third grade for me uh yeah also third grade I, I definitely, one comes to mind, Mr. Wilson, high school. Mr. Tilka for me. Uh, guy was a fucking asshole. He loved Bill O'Reilly, need I say more? Mm. Yeah, he, he was known for embarrassing other students in class. He made a, I, I, let's not go into it anyway. Uh, <laughs> that man, that Mr. Tilka, my teacher, is the man solely responsible for, well, not solely, um, in duality with... <laughs> Is the reason why I'm horrible at math. Mm. Um, Because making a spectacle of somebody in your classroom is not a good way for them to learn things. Maybe don't take your fucking personal problems to to work. But uh, what what do I know? Maybe don't take it out on a fucking 11-year-old. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it won't won't hobble that kid for life. No, not at all. No. Yeah, no. She finally lets him go to the bathroom. And this kid, like, is about to piss his pants. He has to go so bad. He is, like, fucking running down the hallway. And uh, he makes it to the bathroom just in time. But, uh, goddamn. Someone dropped a monster BM on this one fucking toilet. It's out of order. It's all fucked up, man. The fucking Draniac was in that motherfucker. I stopped to use a bathroom at a Burger King the other day, and I swear to God, the toilet I saw in this movie resembled the toilet I saw 
at this Burger King. And I, I walked out, walked up to the counter and said, get something in there before I make a fucking phone call. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, when he first goes in the bathroom, by the way, this like cart of supplies is blocking the entrance. Like the door's not locked, I'm assuming because there is no lock. Well, yeah, because it's Mr. Mr. Jenkins, like, after Danny goes to class, Mr. Jenkins, like, pushes in his cart and closes the door to the boys' bathroom. And then, like, in a silhouette, we see Mr. Jenkins, like, hit himself in the head. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I think they're trying to imply that he is knocked the fuck out. But it's just shot, like, in a way that it just looks like he's punching himself in the head. Yeah, almost like, almost like he has something wrong with him, though. Like... Like he's a psychopath or something. I don't know. Like he's got like a split personality or something. He gives himself like an op- like a palm strike to the temple. He's like, like yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So Danny goes in there and the fucking the, you know all of Mister Jenkins shit is like blocking uh, the door. Um, so he goes in and the first stall's taken and he's like, oh sorry. And he goes to the second one and like Sean said, fucking <laughs> Draniac was there, fucking BM all over the place. There was a bomb in there, but not the one he was looking for. No man, looked like the Hulk fucking took a shit in there. Ooh. So then he goes back to the first stall, and he's knocking on it, and then he just opens it, and then we get our first look at this fucking monster that's in this toilet. Gets scared out of his fucking mind, um, and he runs back uh, to to uh, his classroom, and he's like, Oh, Miss Chibbert, there's, there's a fucking monster in the bathroom, ah, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Are you, what the fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you? And, like, he's got a big piss mark on the front of his pants. Ah, I felt so bad for this kid. Dude, and she's like, you are fucking disgraceful. He's like, I'm going to call your mother and tell you she should wear fucking diapers. You should wear diapers to school. She might as well have stood up and just fucking pointed at it and said, look, class, Danny pissed himself. Yeah, and the kids are fucking laughing at him, and they're like, Danny pissed his pants, hey, fucking geek. It's not cool to pee your pants, Danny. No, it's definitely not, and he sure as shit ain't Miles Davis. I also love how the monster reacts, because he's almost like, he's like, what the fuck, kid, taking a shit, who'd your mother teach you any fucking manners, <laughs> goddammit? <laughs> the lock is broken, I'm trying to wipe my ass. This monster, by the way, is pretty cool looking. I love it. It's, uh, I, I don't know how you really would have explain this but it's it's tall and lanky Mm -hmm. it's very thin yes it it comes out of a toilet and it's brown which i thought was an odd combination sure (laughs) why not toilet monster it kind of looks like a reptilian skull yeah like a brown reptile skeleton monster it's almost like a fully cooked uh suckling yeah i think so like like (laughs) like suckling in the oven too long yeah well like the the proper amount yeah oh oh perfectly baked yeah golden brown baby yeah not aborted actually born and this is what it turned into (laughs) uh it's very it's very lanky it's all limbs kind of and we you can tell because it's it's knees are fucking bent and it's hovering over the fucking toilet yeah. seat when he sees it. It's almost like, like I said before, like he's trying not to be seen taking a shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's akin to um, the um, the flying demon in House, like that skull. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very similar to like that face. Um, except it has eyeballs. Sure. Yeah. No, I I can see it. So Titmarsh sends him back to the bathroom to clean himself up, and he's scared out of his wits. <laughs> so he goes in this fucking place. And uh, he opens the stall. There's no monster, but he's still looking around, right? Because he's like, I saw this fucking thing. Like, where is it, right? So he goes to the um, the janitor's closet that's in the boys' uh, bathroom, and he opens it up, and Mister Jenkins's fucking body is there. 
and his head is next to his body. This is kind of where I figured it out. Sure. But I was totally okay with it because I was really enjoying what was happening on screen. Fuck yeah. I kind of figured it out the second he walked in the bathroom and closed it behind him and they lingered on him. I'm like... Alright, yep, it's him. Yeah, (laughs) sure. It took me a little longer, but the second you see that, you're like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm into it. But it's so good. Yeah, yeah, so then he he sees that, and that freaks him the fuck out, but he doesn't see the monster this time, so he he books it back to class. Not yet, because he he does see the monster again, because he's like, oh my god, Mr. Jenkins, he's in the closet! And the fucking monster opens the stall, and the kid throws a fucking urinal cake at him? Oh, right. That is disgusting, by the way. And and the monster catches it and fucking wings it back at him and explodes. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. And the way this kid gets out of this bathroom is that he gets... Because, like, again, like... It's like old school bathroom, so it's like powdered soap, not liquid soap. So he takes the powdered soap and fucking throws it in this monster's face and like runs out of the bathroom back to class. Joke's on Danny, that was cocaine. <laughs> now he's supercharged monster. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin was in there and he was like, hey. it's fucking, it's fucking Haggerty hit a stat, not Haggerty, uh, fucking. Uh, yeah, Haggerty. Uh, no, yeah, Haggerty, Haggerty is stashed there. Yeah, Meteor <laughs> Man pushed him on his ass. <laughs> Get off me, Coke boy. Just a cloud of smoke fills the bathroom. Oh, shit, man. There, that was my blow. It's all gone now. Yeah, it's blown away. What are you doing touching my stuff, kid? I don't mess with your things. Yeah, why don't you just leave my fucking Coke dispenser alone? What do you mean I'm not allowed to sleep in the stall? What the fuck is soap? <laughs> Meteor Man just turns to him. Yeah, why the fuck are you storing this in an elementary school? <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucked up. Kind of guy, man. I answer to a higher power, okay? I don't care if you have superpowers. I am a higher power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outdoors, man. I got evicted. What do you mean? I needed to live somewhere with a toilet. I, I am a higher power. <laughs> Are you hiring a Santa Claus for your elementary school? You're probably going to need a janitor, right? I'm on the brute squad. <laughs> yeah, he gets hired after the end of this fucking film. He gets these the replacement. Come on, Tim Marsh, I need a job. I, I'm living out of the fucking boys' bathroom. You are? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not. I mean, no, I'm not sleeping there. I'm not squatting. Literally. So he runs out of the fucking bathroom back to class. He goes, Miss Tetmarch! Miss Tetmarch! Miss Tetmarch! Somebody kill Mr. Jenkins! And she's like, alright, enough of this fucking shit. Like, you're taking me down there right now, it, mister. It pulled off his head! And if it was up to me, you'd be expelled. <laughs> Dude, she is like, I'm, you, you're, you're gonna fucking pay for this if you're lying to me, motherfucker. Like, he's like permanent, she's like, says some shit like, you're gonna be permanently suspended? Yeah! Like, what are you even talking about? Which is expelled. She, look, look she, she goes full Wrath of Trunchable on this kid. Like, she just she gets up <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> Yeah, she's, he's one step away from the chokey dude. Yeah. This is fucking elementary school what are you talking about you're gonna expel him you didn't do your fractions you little bastard you peed your pants <laughs> god i hate you i hate children uh i fucking hate you especially because i'm just gonna join in on the rest of the fucking kids bashing you i was so fucking happy that he took her back to this bathroom i was like counting down on my fucking watch until she was about to eat the dust well she kind of forces him to and i'm like okay here you go yeah see you later you fucking asshole so she goes in, She and of course it's like immaculate in there now, and uh, she's like, Hop, Danny, you're wasting my fucking time. Where is this? Where's the monster? There's no monster. <laughs> she's like, it's right in there. I swear to God, I didn't make it up. <laughs> she's like, this is, this, this, here's your monster sick vandalism. You kids today don't know how to fucking use a bathroom. It's not your property, so you don't give a shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, in the out of order one, there's just like a little toilet paper, like in a weird spot. Yeah. And she's like complaining, like, oh, what do you think this is? You think a maid's going to come in? Yeah. And fucking Danny's just sitting there. And right above her, right above the stall, is like this little grate that I guess leads up to the attic. And it lifts, and this monster just fucking emerges from the ceiling behind her, and Danny pisses his pants for the second time. <laughs> kind of justified this time, I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She fucking spins around and sees this thing, and the first reaction is to hit it with a book that she has in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This fucking monster rips this book out of her hand and fucking slaps this woman in the face like three fucking times with this book, and then proceeds to, like... They, he, he has these weird, like, uh, three-toed feet that, like, can grab shit, like, almost like a, uh, almost like a bird, it looks like, right? Like a eagle or some shit? Like a talon. <laughs> yeah. Grabs this woman by the fucking shoulders and hoists her through this fucking one-by-one hole in the ceiling and just- Dude, he monster under the stairs is this woman. Oh, yeah. And fucking, fucking sloop right up that fucking hole and just, like, blood just shoots into the fucking toilet. Uh, before blood shoots into the toilet- um, and he lifts her up. There is a quick cut of a solid object plooping right into the fucking toilet. That's your shoe, I believe. Was that the was that the shoe or the book? Was it a shoe? Because I blinked and I was like, did she just shit herself? Oh man, she just dropped that huge log. She dropped the fucking suckling out of her. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, did that just happen? I mean, but it being a shoe makes way more sense. Yeah, I I, I like your version though, Connor. <laughs> Drops one out real quick. Yeah, whatever was fucking resting in that colon just came fucking sh- f- f- fucking firing out of there right into the toilet. So then Danny, he runs back to the classroom again. And, and of course, because the teacher's out of the room, they're fucking throwing papers at each other, just fucking creating chaos. No, no one's cheating on the test, though, which I find amazing. I love how quickly it descends into, like grade school chaos like the second they leave the room the first time like an air a paper airplane is already whizzing across the fucking room and then the spitballs come out and there's crumpled up paper i'm like it just descends into chaos within f- two seconds like i love it i love this trope because in a lot of these kids movies this is the like this scene is verbatim like across yeah. a few different kids movies uh they do the same thing in munchie where like as soon as yeah the teacher's like don't move and then she leaves and then fucking everybody just happens to have an arsenal of crumpled up paper and, and airplanes yeah. and they just throw it all over the fucking room at each other <laughs> love it so then he comes back and and he's screaming and shouting again and this time he goes he goes mitt tishmar she's dead and they're like what are you talking about danny you're full of shit danny little danny scared or whatever the fucking kid from um growing pains is like yeah where's miss boob uh boob swamp her name is already titmarsh it's already perfect you didn't need to switch it up i know but like that's the gag right like oh boob swamp oh yeah well yeah right right but yeah so he's danny's like yeah if you don't believe me go fucking see for yourself you little dickhead he's like fine you know what we will come on guys we're not scared of a monster in a bathroom so they go down there and uh kid from Grand Pains is like, yeah, maybe Danny took a dump and just thought it was a monster. So they go in, and uh, while they're in there, Danny, like, pushes over a fucking water fountain in front of the door so they can't get out. Yes. <laughs> this kid is a genius. And the most sweetest revenge happens. These kids get let the right one end, I guess is the phrase I would use. <laughs> um, that these, is fucking 110% accurate. These kids get fucking... <laughs> These kids get absolutely fucking savaged by this monster. Feed it to my friend, the monster. The difference in uh, Let the Right One In, one of them shows remorse and is spared. This time, none of them are. No, because fuck them. They're all bastards. This monster takes no prisoners and and saved Baby Buttnick for last. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Buttnick gets fucking street trashed by this monster. Dude, 
Um, the kid from Growing Pains gets grabbed into the stall and hung up on the stall. And the monster, like, points at him for a second. <laughs> He's pointing to the kid like it's the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and then fucking, like, runs his thumb across his throat. No, he did, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and then he proceeds to rip this kid apart, but you don't see it, but you see, like, the door shaking and, like, a bunch of, like, he, the kid's wearing a vest, right? So all the down from the vest is, like, flying all over the bathroom. I was going to say, like, the kid punches him three times and the monster just goes, <laughs> then hooks up. Ooh. <laughs> then points at him. This scene is so creepy to me. Um, I think because I was really stoned one time watching this, but it's always stuck with me. But, like, uh, when the monster, like, grabs the outside of the door and, like, pushes it open slow, that plus the music cue here is, like... I don't know, man. There's something. It's like do 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 do. It's it, I don't know. It's just fucking creepy to me. Anyway, too much time on my hands. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, recut it with that fucking with with, <laughs> with sticks to this scene. Battle of cold brew. After the bullies are eviscerated, uh, Danny just runs home. <laughs> he just leaves. He's like, I'm I'm done. I love how Danny's just listening to these bullies get eviscerated in the bathroom, and he's just like soaking it up, and then he's just like. Okay, gets his time to leave and just walks away. <laughs> I laugh so hard because he's like, he essentially goes, and just goes home. <laughs> All my problems are gone. It, <laughs> That's his thought. Thanks, gargoyle bathroom or bathroom gargoyle. <laughs> and then speaking of, like, Joe, you mentioned how, like, he's in the quote-unquote attic. Why is there just, like, an attic above this bathroom in the middle of the school? That, that Mr. Jenkins, a.k.a., because you find out the monster is Mr. Jenkins as he puts his skin back on. Dude, I love this scene. Uh, the one shot where he is, after he puts his face on, and then it cuts back, and he's got, like, like at some point it's very clearly, like, it's not a human, and then when it cuts back and it's, it's very clearly the actor, like, they have a piece of, like, skin attached to his neck that's, like, flapped out over his shirt. Yeah. It's seamless looking. I can't see the difference. It's, like, it's so fucking good looking. First of all, this attic is very creepy. Um, It's very, it's lit very well. It just looks great. Yeah. James Karen's sitting in there, and this is the, this is where I got the line that I wanted him to put on, to sign on my VHS, because it, it pans up through the hole in the attic, and you see his face on the ground, and he goes and picks it up, and he goes, hello, handsome, and he picks up his fucking face. <laughs> and it's so cool, though, because the way this makeup is done is that, like, the lower half of the jaw of the monster has been applied to James's chin. So when he puts his head down, huh. yeah, when he puts his head down, it's James Karen's face, and, like, he's pulling the skin over it, and it just... It, looks so fucking good and then um you know he has like he like flips his uh skin for his hands down like gloves and he like puts his fucking hands back in it It, it's just really really well done and like connor said it's it's the right amount of creepy without actually being creepy yeah and like connor said uh when he cuts back and you see his face again he's got like a uh, he's got a prosthetic of like a skin flap underneath james james karen's neck that he tucks into his shirt it's just Really, really well done. Basically, I, I think Mr. Jenkins is, you know, oh, Mr. Jenkins has disappeared. We don't know what happened to him. Well, Clue Gulliger walks in. 
Yes, he did. Oh my god, yes it was. He, yeah, he's he's also from Eternal Living Dead, and he's also from another film we're going to be doing, The Uninvited. Yes. He's also in Nightmare 2. He's the dad, is he not? And he's the dad in Nightmare 2, he sure is. Yes. Brian Peck was calling in all his fucking buddies from Return of the Living Dead. Sure was, and Growing Pains. Yeah. I am. Uh, I got a great story for Clue, but I'm going to save that for The Uninvited episode. Um, but yeah, Clue walks in, he's like, what, Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened in here? <laughs> his reaction is very subdued for what he sees dude this bathroom is trash there's blood and shit all over this bathroom and toilet paper and he's like oh man this is a mess like <laughs> what in god's name i better call someone to clean this up how does mr jenkins not get caught <laughs> he's just hiding in this like pseudo attic no one knows to look up there. I guess not right and but he's still up there at this point is he not or he's gone oh, yeah 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 Unless he has teleportation powers that we're unaware of. Uh, John Hurt. Maybe. Opened up that fucking portal in that attic. You know, rolls into a portal, comes out in a different town. There you go. Um, he's got, yeah, he's got technology from him that he stole from fucking John. Yeah, because we come to find out that, you know, basically the parent is like, of, of one of these bullies, is like, where's my son? Where's my son? Well, the thing with this, real quick, this is another weird cut for this DVD thing, because Clue Gallagher comes in and says that but then it cuts to like an exterior shot and there's this insert shot of sean Aston talking about he said he says and then he moved to a different school like it's obviously like a adr thing in the tape that doesn't happen really yeah it goes from clue gulliger right to this next scene and in and in the dvd there's like this insert scene of like an establishing shot and then sean Aston going and then he went to another school i was gonna say because it felt like an epilogue like it didn't feel it didn't it, it wasn't a seamless transition like right because like to me the story was over it's like i never saw him again but he moved it's like oh i'm getting additional well yeah well yeah because sean Aston says well yeah he goes to a different school and then it shows the scene at a different school where it's like yeah mr jenkins uh, we know you're new, but uh, have you seen this kid? Uh, I, I know you don't know all the students yet. And he's like, nope, no idea. Mrs. Walters, Patrika Darbo, which she is totally a that woman. Uh, she's been in a ton of shit. Yes. But she's like, oh, uh, you haven't seen him at all? He's like, oh, that kid? He's like, yeah, he was kind of being a little shit this morning. What a piece of garbage your kid is. <laughs> My son, Jordy, he was wearing, he's like, he's like, he's like five, five, he's like three foot five. He's wearing a plaid shirt or whatever. And she's like, yeah, he's a real fucking bad apple lady. Your son was beating up kids, taking the lunch money and shit. Yeah. And the principal's like, I don't think this is the time for this shit. And he's like, yeah, well, I calls him as I sees him. He's a fucking scumbag, and he should be taught a lesson. I hope your son's dead. I fucking ate him in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, well, he's about to wash the window, and they walk away, and I don't know why I found this funny, but he, instead of grabbing a sponge, he pulls out clearly this kid's fucking tattered shirt after he ate him. Yeah. It's soaked in blood, and he just starts cleaning the window with the shirt, and I'm like, that's a good way to get caught. Yeah, but I love it, man. It's oh, I love it, too. I just thought it was, it tickled me. Oh, yeah, it's classic. I was doing the cut sign. I was like, Jenkins, you're, are you are you tapping out? Like, is this you clocking out? Like, a little, little more effort, man. <laughs> I gotta say, too, Jenkins, you're kind of, you're a bit of a scumbag yourself. I mean... Yeah, you got a moral compass, but you're eating kids. <laughs> yeah, like not giving them time to like fix themselves. But let me tell you something. Right, yeah. But usually bullies don't, right? They they usually don't fix themselves, especially ones like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Fuck them. Let them eat them. I don't give a shit. He's hungry. Guy's got to eat, you know what I'm saying? He's a preventative system. So then we go back to the tent. Yeah. 
and uh, basically get a little bit more banter. And then the older brother is like, ah, you want to hear a real scary story? If, well, the kid goes just real quick first because I want to plant that seed for later. He's like, he's like, he's like, oh, he knew Uncle Harry, this guy. And Sean asks, is like, yeah, they were very close. It's it's true. It's all true. You can ask him later. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> and I think this is actually where they... they I said it happened earlier, but I think it's actually this scene where the flies are dying, the fireflies, and the, yes. and the older brother's just like, yeah, you kill those flies. He's like, I knew someone that used to kill flies. This guy, Gordy Belcher. You better be careful. You're going to end up like Gordy Belcher. And then he rolls into his story starring Michael Ray Bauer. As Gordy Belcher. I lit up when I saw him, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he's great in this. Oh, yeah, especially after the conversation we've had with him. Um, oh, yeah. I watched this in a completely different light. Now, again, I've seen this a million times, but like I watched it with a totally different perspective, and especially all of those little tidbits that he was talking about. Um, I watched for all of them. <laughs> there's, there, there's a bunch of characters in this, but the two that stood out to me were were Michael Bauer and this fucking farmer, Spivey. Yes, yes, he he was also hilarious. Motherfucker looks like Alice Cooper, dude. <laughs> Ralph Drischel. <laughs> well, like if he was a farmer. Yeah. He kind of looked like a cross between Clint Howard and, um, uh, what's-his-nuts? The guy who plays the Fonz. Henry Winkler? <laughs> yes, he looked like a cross between those two. He looks like Henry Winkler in an American Christmas Carol. Oh, man. I have never seen that. We, we gotta be hush-hush on that, Joe. Oh, we- oh, I'm sorry. I let that slip. We're gonna- not this year, but soon. <laughs> this is how you find out, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Ask and ye shall get. So yeah, so this is the this the second. There's like other segments in the beginning, but really it's an anthology of two stories with a couple of shorts. Yeah. So this is the other big story called Flyboy. Man, this kid. I wanted to like him. <sighs> he seemed like he needed a little bit, uh, a little love, just a friend. But he's kind of an asshole. Some some TLC, if you will. So Michael Ray Bauer. Uh, intrudes on Spivey's farm, right? And he he kicks this fucking guy's fence open to like get in there. Oh my god! You guys are in for a treat when you hear him explain how this scene went down in the interview. Oh man, it's wonderful. I don't want to spoil it here. It's a good one. No, don't spoil it. Um, you definitely got to listen to that interview again. We interviewed Michael Ray Bauer for this film. Yeah, he he he. You know, Gordy like goes into this fence and like goes onto this farmer's property, and. You know, there's no setup except for the fact that, like, he's stealing this guy's manure um, and putting it into a jar. You don't know what for yet. He's filling it up, and, he, and, he's, go- and he's going to leave, um, and he fucking knocks over a bunch of fucking, like, rakes and shit. And, by the way, this guy, Spivey, who looks like fucking Alice Cooper, is, like, in his shed making—so he's, like, this chemist or something— He's like a mad scientist. Yeah, he's like Clint Howard in Ticks. Ah, you stole the words. You got, you took it first. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that's where you were going with it. I am telling you, dude, him and Clint Howard and Ticks are like on the same piece of property. I think they're brothers. Like, Yeah, dude. He like trades him fucking Miracle Manure for like, for like <laughs> Tick Weed. You think? Yeah, it, it, it strangely matches up almost perfectly. Dude, it's too, it's so close. One makes giant whatevers and the other one makes giant ticks. Uh, I would argue they do the same thing, just with different applications. <laughs> it's, I, I think so too, but Spivey's got that secret ingredient. Oh, that's right. So that's what it is. 
Spivey's secret ingredient that he never tells anybody about is the toxic waste overrun from Clint Howard's fucking machine, uh, hydroponic system. That's what I was thinking. Also, they are dressed the exact same way. Pretty much. So, Spivey comes out, and he's like, God damn it, Gordon Belcher, you fucking lard ass. He's like, you, what are you doing stealing my shit again? And he's like, he's like, fuck you, old man. This guy shoots a hole in a fence, like, right next to Michael Ray Bauer. <laughs> From, like, ten feet away. Yeah. Well, he's giving, he's giving uh, Belcher a hard time. He's like, you're messing up my fence. And he's like, you just blew a goddamn hole in it. You old idiot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so basically, like, he's like, get the fuck off my property, or next time I'm going to fucking put a hole in you. Well, then fucking Michael Bauer, he plows through these planks of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Totally destroys them. He's like, I'm tired of you coming on my property and messing up my fence. So he just destroys it. <laughs> he sure does. Goddamn fat boy, get back in my side. Goddamn it, I'll tell you what. Welcome to my nightmare. Kaplooey. <laughs> God, it's going to take me 10 minutes to load this shotgun again. My fucking fingers don't work the way they used to. <laughs> Feed my Frankenstein, sir. School is out forever and get off my fucking property. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 18 and I like... Well, well, that doesn't make sense. He's back, the man behind the mask. <laughs> He's Gordy Belcher, apparently. <laughs> or Farmer Spivey, depending on how you look at it. I like he just, his threats are just Alice Cooper songs. Yeah, <laughs> they're just Alice Cooper lyrics. I think we just named all the good ones. You know, no no more Mr. Nascar. I'm going to shoot a hole in my fence. Okay, there we go. Now, I think that was it. That was the last one, yeah. Yeah. So Gordy goes home, and I, this kid must live, like, miles from the school because... <laughs> He's, he's walking through traffic. He's walking across the fucking countryside. Yeah, he like he like traverses the whole fucking Lord of the Rings series to get home. Yeah, I would say it looks like he passes through, like, he, do you live in Innsmouth? Like, this town is so weirdly set up. <laughs> no, dude, he lives in Dunwich, clearly. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Innsmouth is where the fucking bleeders happen, so yeah. Yeah, Innsmouth is a short town. The 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 the, uh, the inbred ones is, are, are, is Dunwich. There we go. The country folk. So he leaves Spivey's house, and he's, like, walking downtown, and he, um, he goes to, like, the pharmacy, and uh, you, we find out that he also has asthma, and he, like, takes a huffer or whatever, which, like, just adds another layer to this kid, right? Like, it's bad enough that he's the outcast, and, like, nobody likes him or whatever, but he also has asthma, you know, it's like a whole thing. He goes to the pharmacy, and he, st- and he goes to steal a fucking bottle of nail polish remover? And he, like, takes it, and he's on his way out, and the fucking guy, uh, the pharmacist is like, Hey, Gordy, uh, can I help you with something? And he's like, uh, sure. Fine. You want some asthma medication? And, like, right here, all I thought was Mr. Keen from It. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, oh, Gordy, it's it's water, H2O, Gordy. Anyway, he buys a fucking lollipop. And fucking makes off with this fucking nail polish remover. Yeah, like, the guy doesn't want to, like, call him on it directly, and he's like, ah, it's, like, $12, whatever. $12? That fucking, that shit, that nail polish remover better not be $12 in fucking 1988. Also, back then, he, uh, loss prevention wasn't the way it was. He could have tackled the fuck out of Michael Ray Bauer in that scene if he wanted to. <laughs> not only that, but when you really think about it, when was that? 1980s? It was the 80s when we started putting the safety seal on medicine because of that whole thing where people were, like, poisoning the fucking... Tylenol bottles? Oh, yeah. Remember that? That was fucking scary. My Favorite Murder did a great episode on that. You should probably go listen to that. Yeah. So he's walking home with his stolen merchandise, and uh, this fucking... (laughs) 
It's like, it just made me think of Men in Black, the fucking uh, bug car, the, the exterminator car driving down the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my hand's behind my head. Uh, yeah, fucking Vincent D'Onofrio's driving this fucking thing. Where do you keep your dead? <laughs> and it's like, it's not even the same kind of car. It's just because it has like some big ass bug on the top of it. This fucking guy driving this thing? So Michael Ray Bauer, or Gordy Belger, excuse me, is petting this cat and then, like, barks at it to scare it because he's a dick. And, like, the cat runs into the middle of the road. And this exterminator driving this car with this giant bug on it fucking, like, goes to miss the cat and, like, swerves. And there's, like, another, there's, like, an old lady walking across your groceries. <laughs> I laugh so fucking hard. Yeah. Because this guy with his coffee... In the exterminator <laughs> yeah. car is like spilling it all over himself, like wildly. Oh my god, he needs a doctor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like is Michael J. Fox driving this fucking car? He's like Ray Stans trying to smoke a cigarette, it just keeps falling out of his mouth. <laughs> so yeah, so he almost hits this woman, and he stops short, and the fucking giant fly on the top of his roof flies off. It doesn't land on her or anything, but it's, like, right in front of her. And this woman's like, oh, I got a giant bug! And she's, like, hitting it with her purse. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! He's like, I, if you break that, I have to pay for it. <laughs> oh, shit, lady. I, I was like, buddy, it's broken. Like, <laughs> it flew off the fucking top of your vehicle. Yeah, that that's it, dude. And I was sitting here, like, foreshadowing. <laughs> so he, he goes home. And they have, like, this craning shot of him going in the house, mm. and uh, it kind of pans up on the outside, and then you see him come into his bedroom, and you see all these flies uh, near his window between, like, I think it's, like, a, in a coffee can. Yeah, and it's a great shot, too, just real quick, I want to talk about it, because it's a, it's, I love practical um, trick shots, Right. So yeah. they have this crane set up and the way that they do it is it's low for Gordy. He goes into his house and then it like pans up the side of the house and he like goes upstairs and then the camera comes up and like goes into the window and like Gordy comes in the room and like does his whole thing. But it's just uh, it, it's just really well done. And I always want to point that out because I really appreciate it. Well, and he has like. I'm assuming it's dirt or manure of some kind on, like, a paper plate. Oh, it's manure for sure. And he he takes the coffee can up and he wipes it away. And basically he's, like, resetting his uh, fly catcher. Yeah, he, he so he what he does is he always goes to Spivey's to, like, get the manure to catch flies. That's, that's all he's using it for. He also doesn't wash his hands after he touches this, by the way. Yeah. yeah uh, th this, char this character made my skin crawl. Like, <laughs> But, like, manure is just shit, mostly, right? Mixed with, like, hay yeah. and some other, like, fetid material. Yeah, it's, 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 it's shit, soil, hay, like, earth, like, yeah. Uh, question, why doesn't he just use sugar? Why doesn't he just put sugar on that plate? Well, because then there's no plot. Yeah, because like the, the the thrust of his character is that he's just fucking disgusting. I know. I just got, you know I'm poke I'm put you know yeah, that's what yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, we yeah. poke the fucking holes in it. But I'm just saying. Well, then he takes it over to his desk and he's starting pulling flies out. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy gonna do with these things? Yeah, he like he well he he catches these flies. He like takes them out of this thing, goes downstairs, and his mom's like making dinner or whatever. And he's just very dismissive. Like, she's like, oh, I'm making your favorite dinner. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. And he, like, goes into this basement dungeon thing. And he, like, starts playing. He, like, hits a boombox. And he's playing, like, this classical music. Um, it's very sad. Well, that's the thing. But also very, but very, but very, like, exquisitely... 
morbid? Is that the word I'm looking for? Well, they're tr- they're really trying to make you feel for this character, even though he's about to do some serial killer ass shit. Yeah. But they're trying to put you, like, in his head. Right, Sean, that's perfect way. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like watching Francis Dowerhide, like, sit in his fucking house. Like, it was like something at a Manhunter. You're sitting there just while you're like, you're like, yep, that's a serial killer waiting to happen. Yeah. And then Cordy's mom, you know, he, you know, he goes down into his fucking dungeon. What he does is he takes the nail polish remover that he got from the pharmacy, and he takes these flies that he's caught, and he puts them in a jar, and he loads up a cotton ball full of uh, nail polish remover, and he kills these fucking flies. Then he dumps them out and starts pulling the wings. He, he gets this, fu- you know, he all of a sudden he becomes a fucking surgeon and he's got this big giant light thing and this magnifying glass and like tweezers. And he's pulling off the wings of these flies and, 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 and rubbing them off into a fucking cigar box that he just keeps on the side. Yeah. Um, what's really, I think the creepiest thing about this scene, particularly right here, is that he first, he nudges the flies around to see which ones are alive and which ones are dead and the ones that he kind of uh, quote unquote shows mercy for that are still alive he puts in a fucking tank with like old gum and like candy and shit <laughs> lollipops what's the lollipop he got from the pharmacy oh yeah you're right i didn't pick up on that yeah and then what he does with the rest of these flies is he puts them he makes dioramas of flies. All different shapes and sizes. You know what's funny, too, and that I just thought of? Now I'm thinking of it right now. I did something similar when we worked at uh, Century. You were you were, you were ripping wings off of flies, Joe? No, no, no. No, these flies were dead. I didn't trap them and kill them. They were dead. Uh, but I... Didn't need any acetone? No, no, no. Just my imagination, because I, made, I put them in a little boat, <laughs> and s- it, there was a moth that was dead. I'm, I'll post them on the Instagram for this. It's it, 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 it just lines up really well with this, anyway. Happier times. Yes. And what he's making, I would believe you call flyaramas, okay? <laughs> oh, you man. win, motherfucker. Hashtag flyarama. He has, like, one that's, like, a diner scene, one that's, like, a fucking battlefield, like, in front of a castle or some shit. It's a, it's a whole castle. It's like Robin Hood with flies. They all get accompanying sound effects and musical cues. Marlon Brando, or, excuse me, uh, Mel Brooks is there. He's a fucking rabbi. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, man. Fucking Kevin Costner's there at the top, shooting fire arrows. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Each time he looks at one of these, uh, it's really sad too because like he every time he looks at one of these dioramas, he's like kind of figuring out where he's going to put his new flies, and he's I, and again like Connor said, there's like sound effects and stuff, and this whole uh, scene is playing out in his mind. Yeah, and they do such a good job of like kind of capturing again capturing like what he's seeing and like and like kind of you know his inner perspective of of everything does that make sense yeah 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 because he he stares at these little displays and has like almost like a vietnam flashback the way it's filmed Mm -hmm. um and just kind of gazes at them and then like i said the the music and sound effects gordon and the the camera zooms in and pans over sections of them so you get you know the music sound effects and like the camera's following i guess it would be like a line of action if these flies were alive and mobile right um uh, and he just stares at them for a while, and it's a super serial killer moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, the fuck, the fucking fly on the crucifix in the church that killed me. <laughs> that fucking ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a fl- there's like a whole ceremony at this church where there's like a fly in a coffin, and there's like flies in the pews, and then like on the giant crucifix is a fucking fly. So then he gets he gets called to dinner, and this awkward scene. Well. Don't forget the best part, dude. He he. So he's like, nah, not the church, not the fucking castle. I'm gonna put it 
in my 50s fucking soda shop. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. So so there's like an empty stool and he puts a fly in and then Biff comes in and he's like, hey, McFly, I thought I told you never to come here. <laughs> and then his mother calls him for dinner. <laughs> McFly. Get it? Okay. Come on, that was low-hanging fruit, but I had to take it. Make like a fly and leaf your wings. I'm your density. So yeah, uh, like Connor just said, the mo- his mother calls him and he goes up for dinner. And this scene, uh, this is like Will Wheaton. <laughs> in that, well, what the fuck was that movie? The Curse? Yes, very similar, minus the, the curse part where everyone's dying because they're eating the tainted food. Yeah, this scene actually hit home for me. As being a kid who was into like weird shit and like wrote like weird horror stuff in school and gotten and gotten trouble for it and your parents being like, What the fuck's wrong with you? Like I wasn't fucking I didn't have a fly diorama or flyorama, excuse me, TM. I, I, I would almost argue that the the tongue lashing, I'll call it, that his father gives him is brutal. It's brutal. Uh, if he said it in a nicer way, I'd be like, yeah, I 100% agree. And, I, you know, I still pretty much agree with the guy, but he just says it in such a, a, a shitty way. However, this, I mean, what Gordy's doing is unhealthy as fuck. And it seems like they've had this conversation more than once. Oh, yeah. This family, this family unit is fucking broken and dysfunctional because you have mom who's like, oh, d- dear boy, please stop this horrifying habit. Yeah, smiles. Gordy is non-attentive, doesn't give a shit, and continues to do as he does. And Dad is like, you're a fucking psychopath, I hate you, I wish you were never born. God, I would stuff you, but I would fucking kill you with a pillow if I could, Jesus Christ. Your mother raised a fucking nutbag. Well, then, yeah, of course, then that turns into, it's always my fault, and, you know, the arguing continues. Oh, God, there's some ugly shit in this conversation, like... Yeah. Dad is very much, like, you can tell by looking at him, it's like, you're sitting there eating like a slob, and you're pinning blame onto your wife, even though you are a 50% blamed part for this little, this this disaster in front of you. For sure. He, like, he like didn't become a pro football player. <laughs> it hates his job. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> he, uh, there's some ugly shit in this because... Uh, the, uh, his mother says stuff like, "Oh, the uh, the big school dance is coming up." Like she's trying to be positive, right? Trying to trying to do it in a in a more gentle way, where like, "Oh, you should go do that," or like, "Why don't you try something else besides sitting in the fucking basement with your flies?" And she's like, "Oh, the school dance or whatever." And then immediately, Dad is like, "Who the fuck's gonna dance with him? He's fucking gross." Yeah. See that? That's the part that it's like, all right, pal. Like, fucking calm down. Like, this is your kid, asshole. Look, I'm just angry because I blew my Achilles tendon in senior year. Now I'm never gonna be in the NFL. Yeah, I throw out my fucking QB arm. I'm done. He's never gonna be in Triple A, Connor. Like, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> but he just he just keeps spitting venom at him. Like, oh yeah, and then they're gonna crown him fucking king of the ball too, right? Right? Look, I'm just angry because I never got to wrestle for the WWF, all right? To break the awkward silence or, or the awkwardness of the whole conversation, Spivey, the, the, the farmer guy, comes on television. And we get the lore bomb dropped of like, oh, I'm fucking, I, my name's Spivey, and uh, and I'm, I made this brand new fertilizer that has a special ingredient in it. I'm, we're not going to say where it's from. Wink, wink, Clint Howard. But... It came from a green meteorite. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? Well, what happened was the gods graced us, and the fucking, and H.P. Lovecraft said, let there be light, and a fucking meteor hit my farm. (laughs) And then inside, all these giant vegetables are fucking 
<laughs> is are rotten. Yeah, and Bill Bill Cosby's there. He's got a giant water. He's got a giant pepper the size of a watermelon. <laughs> Yeah, on the other side of the farm is that news report from Meteor Man happening at the same time. Meteor Man's like, "I grew this whole farm," and on the other end, he's like, "I grew this whole farm." Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were going to, in the curse direction. Uh, yeah, Pete Townsend comes in. He's like, "Give me back my fucking carrots. These aren't for you." <laughs> Pete Townsend. I was waiting for someone to fucking fuck that up. <laughs> oh, I fucked up, didn't I, Robert Townsend? <laughs> didn't happen the whole Meteor Man episode, but this out of sight, out of mind, right? Dude, I almost slipped. In the Meteor Man episode by saying Pete Townsend? Holy shit. Robert Townsend, excuse me. Just walks in. He's got the fucking super suit on. He's like hitting, breaking guitars all over the place on the ground. Oh, yeah, man. He's just like, Eminence front. And he fucking like takes his carrot. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pedophiles. Uh... I was going to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. Speaking of fucking kids that like our kids. Speaking of fucking. Good Lord. The... Grown ass men who like kids, for Christ's sake. Christ. Um, That is, see. All our fucking heroes, man. Fuck them. Yeah, I don't know if I want to. No, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, apparently Spivey has this uh, this this fucking shit, literal shit, manure, and he's doing a fucking uh, interview with the news. <laughs> this reporter is so fucking white, by the way. Oh, yeah, uh, Spivey, you know, you can make a lot of money with this idea. Why don't you sell it? I would do that. Do you think Jonathan Davis saw this movie? <laughs> And he was like, oh, man, I got it. I was touched as a kid, too. And that's a great name for a band. Oh, K-O-R-N. <laughs> because on this dude's microphone, it says K-O-R-N in big capital fucking letters. He's just fucking at home, and he's like, mm, da, da, mm, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. He was like, mm, doctor, mm, corn. Okay, great. The Willies, thank you. <laughs> Gets perfect. Anyway, so, so so it ends with like the news reporter. I, I always laugh at this, but he's like, he says tomato, or you say tomato, but he says tomato, and has like a giant tomato in his hand. And then Eddie Munster said, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Butch Patrick's there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's in the corner eating soup, fucking beards coming off in it. He's the weatherman. And then the tomato, and then the tomato kills everybody. And this is actually a prequel to Attack of the uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. George Clooney's there? Yeah, dude, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. There he is. So yeah, he's got giant vegetables, and he doesn't want to tell people. You know, again, just like in Meteor Man, this would be like a scientific breakthrough. Yeah. Beyond belief, like you're not keeping this for yourself, pal. The FBI is gonna be knocking on your fucking door. Exactly. Yeah, especially when he's like, I'm gonna grow a carrot the size of a man you have any idea how many people i could feed him like you have any idea how much attention you get not only that but like sean's absolutely correct like if this guy was like i'm not selling blah 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 all of a sudden he would show up Th those men in black that dan Acra was worried about would be showing up at his door exactly there would be a suicide note and three bullets in the back of his head <laughs> and he'd be like well he shot himself in the back of his head he killed himself yeah he got putined <laughs> he he didn't know hillary clinton at all not once did he ever meet her in his entire life we're gonna grow giant vegetables the best vegetables vegetables we're gonna feed the nation and then everybody eats it and dies of fucking like radiation poisoning it's a good tomato it's a great tomato it's the best tomato <laughs> it's the best tomato i blame the farmers it wasn't me i you know i never said to do that barack obama grew the evil tomatoes and he poisoned them eight years ago he left me bad manure <laughs> it was his fault i never said that the farmers were, were good farmers or 
or this was a good idea. I it's no, it's not my fault. They're great Americans, but they didn't have great things to work with. But I was great always, of course. Well, isn't Gordy watching this and he sees the fact that the tomatoes, that the vegetables are really fucking big, so he wants the. Uh, doesn't he get the idea to get the, the, to steal the more manure? I guess. Well, no. Th- okay, so so after the Spivey commercial, uh, his da- his dad's talking more shit, and like. There's a fly lands on the rim of dad's glass and it's kind of like one of those scenes where dad's droning on but like in Gordy's head he he kind of like tunes him out. Yeah, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, he yeah, fucking wah, wah, he gets fucking peanuts uh teachered. <laughs> um he fucking slams his hand down on dad's beer glass and a fly drops into the dad's beer and he sticks his fucking dirty fingers in there and fishes it out. And uh his parents are just glaring at him and each other like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And Gordy's just like, what? 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 What's the matter? And then I think the dad knocks it out of his fucking hand and he's like, ah, the fly. He's like, all you fucking, oh, no, because he tries to get up and he grabs his hand. He's like, you're going to sit here and listen to this shit because you, all you do is play with them filthy fucking flies. Um, And he's like, this is going to stop. His fucking mom... All of a sudden, like, I guess is triggered now and gets up and fucking grabs the can of raisins and was like, look at this, Gordy. He's like, do you think I wasn't going to notice these weren't raisins? The fucking raisin canister has been filled with flies, like dead flies. I don't know why she still has it in the cabinet. <laughs> like, if you know it's a, if you know it's a tin full of flies and not raisins, just throw it in the trash. Maybe she was waiting for, like, the most opportune time for, like, this to come to a head and then say something? Honey, just throw the fucking flies away. No, I have to wait. <laughs> I need to hold this over our son's head. Exactly. I gotta wait for the most opportune moment to throw this shit in his face because he's fucking weird. Yeah, he goes to bed and he has this fucking dream uh, where... I guess, it, actually, it's not a dream. He gets up in the middle of the night to get something to drink. He's like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And he goes down, and he's get he's getting a glass of water or what have you, and the TV turns on. And he starts seeing, like, all this, like, fly-related fucking programming. It's him. It's him fucking uh, pulling the fly's wings off and shit and, like, killing them and shit. And then it, it, it like, changes on its own, and it changes the fucking growing pains to, to Kirk Cameron. This, this is insane to me. Like, it, one, um, it reads, like, sleep paralysis stories that I've heard, which is super creepy. Um... Secondly, to have like to have this movie, which is kind of like a little, you know, it's a little indie flick. Oh, it's it's indie for sure. This movie suddenly have a, like an official Kirk Cameron f- uh, fucking Growing Pains like appearance and reference the film that it's appearing in is nuts to me. Do you know that if I meet Kirk Cameron, he's signing this <laughs> movie? Well, he calls out Gordy directly. Yeah, Kirk Cameron's like slapping flies. And again, because the director called in a favor for Growing Pains because he's working on it at this time, um, Kirk Cameron looks at the fucking screen. He's like, these flies aren't for me. They're for Gordy Belcher. Yeah, wild. I think it's really effective, actually. It's it's kind of... Yeah, me too. I think it's great. It's super creepy. And then it cuts to, like, basically the news report of Spivey again, but he does a similar thing where he also, like, looks at Gordy and is like, yeah, it's going to be all your fault, Gordy. You didn't stay off my land, and now you're going to be fucked, and you and your flies. Welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a kid. 
But you see all this shit, whether it be a vision or like Connor said, maybe it's some sleep paralysis bullshit. Maybe. And you you just don't think anything of that. You're just like, I'm going to still keep doing shit with these flies. That was not trying to tell me anything. Well, no, it's totally a dream because right after the TV shuts off, he opens the fridge and he sees himself dead inside the fridge. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was creepy as fuck. Yeah, it was creepy, dude. The makeup's good and there's like flies all over him and shit. And then he wakes up. For the first time. Oh, right. And he's like, oh, it's just a dream. And then he throws off his, or, or he goes to take a huffer, right? Because uh, cause he can't breathe because he's, you know, worked up or whatever. And there's maggots like in his uh, huffer. Oh, man, that was disgusting. Yeah, that was gross. And then he fucking throws his comforter off and there's all fucking quote unquote maggots all over him. Mealworms. Mealworms, yes. But... We'll save that story for the interview. Yes, and hearing and hearing how elaborate this was, I'm surprised how short this was. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, that was it." <laughs> well, often, I mean, we talk about that all the time, um, especially in like doing special effects. Like you work on it for months and months, or it, the prep is so long, and the sh- scene is only a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, all the time. And then he wakes up again, but for real this time. And uh, that's pretty much the scene. I mean, it's I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Hard cut to fucking three cheeseburgers, two Twinkies, and a fucking Ecto cooler? I want that fucking lunch. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, Joe, in the past you've actually made Ecto cooler, and now I kind of want some. I sure have. Man, I, I miss Ecto cooler so bad. <laughs> oh, it is so good. You still got any cans of that? Didn't you get like a huge stockade of that back when they re-released it? I have two unopened packages of like the juice boxes <laughs> and i have like three or four cans of it but i'm not gonna drink that shit <laughs> maybe we'll drink it oh i would drink that shit in a heartbeat well oh, you want to do like a video we'll drink some old ecto cooler hey what the hell why not next if we can ever get back together you know if people fucking can stay home from more yes. than fucking a day or two at a time maybe one day we can get back together again this is what we're gonna do when the new Ghostbusters drops. Oh, might as well wait another year. Fuck it, right? Yeah, well, no, we'll wait till we can get together again, right? So when the new Ghostbusters drops, mark us here. <laughs> we are going to do, we're going to drink Ecto Cooler from 2016. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Fuck it. Make sure it's cold at least. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can put it in the fridge. And if it tastes like shit, I'll just add vodka. Yep, that's fine. We'll, do, we'll We're going to pour it in a glass so we can see what it looks like, and then we'll, we'll, we'll drink it up. All right, uh... I, I'm committed to it. Done deal. It's it's locked in. I've I've eaten a, a hundred year old egg with Joe in the past. Yes. I've eaten pig pickled pig's feet. So why the fuck not? We have we have eaten a lot of weird shit together, huh? Yeah. 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 It's kind of a theme. Yeah. A through line in our friendship. <laughs> but it's cool because you're the only you, besides my fiance. You're the only one who eats weird shit with me like that, like pickled yeah. pig's feet and fucking sure. thousand year old egg. Mm. It's not really a thousand years old. That thousand year old egg was pretty fucking good, by the way. It's called a pedon egg, by the way. It's a Chinese thing. No, thank you. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. I'm just gonna say that. No, thank it you. It came out real. It smelled like fucking sulfur, but it tasted really good. Well, because we also mixed it in like this. Uh, what was it? The the joke. It's called joke. Or joke. Yeah, it was like a porridge or something you guys made. It's a it's a chicken and rice porridge that we cooked f- like for like all day, like twelve hours or some shit like that. Now that sounds delicious. If you can get past <laughs> the smell, it's like a Dorian. You just need to get past that yeah. first fucking obstacle. Well, you take the pedon egg and you and you cut it in half. You don't eat the fucking egg as it is, right? You cut it in half and then you chop it up into small pieces and then you kind of sprinkle it into the joke and then you mix it together. Oh my god, it fucking it is so tasty. <laughs> we got to revisit that. Yeah, we do. But back to the ecto cooler. 
and and Gordy here. <laughs> he uh, he sits down at this table, uh, you know, cafeteria table with I, I at first assumed were his friends, but everyone at the table's like, oh god, this guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he butts his way into that table. He's like, all right, move left, move right. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. He sits down. Like this is one of those scenes where like I feel bad for him, but then he what he does, I'm like, you fucking dickhead. Like he courts sympathy, but then immediately stabs you in the back. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of a, a great uh, play as far as, like, the movie's concerned because you don't see it coming. No, not at all. And it's one of those things where it's like, he's totally done this before. I also, okay, okay so he's talking to this girl and basically explaining, like, you know, ah, uh, you know, Gordy, like, I don't really have a problem with you. Like, but what's your deal? And he's like, ah, uh, you know, everyone thinks I'm kind of a bully and I'm kind of weird, so no one ever wants to hang out with me. I'm too fat or too mean or, or like, too weird or whatever and like nobody gives me the time of day to like get to know me or whatever and this girl and like one other kid are just like all right sure we'll we'll sit here we'll give you a chance and he's like ah oh, i have some cookies if you want one and i'm sitting here thinking okay sure why okay yeah why not right that's a that's like a peace offering sure why not yeah i'd eat a fucking cookie sure this fucking bastard and he goes full little monsters on this poor little girl. Except it's not pissing the apple juice. No, it's flies in the fucking cookie. Yeah, but she's also not fucking Ronnie Coleman either. Yeah, he's not Buzz. <laughs> he's not a dickhead. She's not. She's just just an innocent little girl that he's fucking preying upon. Who, who is very clearly suspicious of him from the start. And he laughs about it. Yeah, because he's like, she's like, oh, you're a scumbag. I do love when he sits down and he's like, hi everyone, and her friends are like. I gotta go. They're like, uh, we gotta go clean chalkboards or whatever. Bye. So slam cut to the nurse's office where this girl is like basically puking and and the other kid that basically said he would hang out with Gordy is there and he's like, you're, you're sick, Gordy, you're sick. Yeah. And the principal's there like giving him like, yeah, Gordy, yeah, you gotta go home. Um, by the way, they're like, they're like feeding this little girl something. Like the nurse is like, ah, you fucked up again, Gordy, you little bastard. And she's like feeding the girl something. Like, what is that? Like Epicac or something? Charcoal, man. Making her throw up. Yeah, it's activated charcoal, I think. For a fucking fly cookie? I, I don't know. Like, why don't you just kind of wait it out. I think it'll, you took a little bite. You'll be fine. He gets sent home. Yeah, he, he stops at Spivey's on the way home. And there's all these fucking signs all over the thing, all over his uh, fence. It's like, it's like, come on in. Welcome, Gordy. Come on in. Um, I love he, he walks in. Um, does he, he just attempts to steal things first and then he, he gets, he kind of outs himself again. So, so yeah, so he sees the signs and he goes into the fence and, uh, you know, he's doing his usual uh, spiel where he goes over to the menorah bag and, like, again, cuts this fucking thing open and starts to put it in a glass jar. This time, it's, like, right next to a barn door, and Spivey opens the door and smashes his glass jar, and it breaks, and it, like, cuts his fucking hand, and he goes to run away, and Spivey's like, oh, wait wait a second, Gordy, uh, uh, Gordy, and he's like, he's like, oh, what, he's like, oh, it's, oh, you can't shoot a moving target or whatever, and he's like, no, 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 I want to have a truce, I'm going to fix your hand, and come on in the fucking, come on in the shed, I got a little something for you, it's my new album. I love this exchange, because he's like, he's like, no. I don't have my gun. I don't need to shoot you. I can kill you with my bare hands. You ever heard of the five-point exploding finger death punch? Come over here. <laughs> don't mind the snake around my neck and the guillotine to your left. I don't need a gun to kill you, Gordy. 
Watch out for the bats. So Gordy goes inside reluctantly, um, and he's just making off funny comments. Like, he says something like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come inside, but uh, yeah, if I'm not home in a little while, my parents are going to call the police. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then Gordy goes inside, and he's like, if you're not home in a little while, your parents are going to have a party. Yeah. <laughs> Spivey knows what's up. Spivey knows what's up, dude. Your parents would have smothered you a long time ago if they weren't so <laughs> Oh, yeah. Finally, I'm getting rid of this fucking kid. Spivey also clearly doesn't give a shit about the parents either. No. At all. Nobody's going to suspect him. Nobody's going to suspect him because Gordy's a fucking little shit. This story goes like serious Stephen King here, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, I mean... He gives he gives him basically this huge jar of manure that just has the words Gordy Belcher in tape basically slapped on the side of it. I cooked up a special batch for you, Gordy. It it's it's got an extra heaping of my secret ingredient. So whatever you're using it for, it's gonna work extra good. I told Daddy the gun to kill you. I mean enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're eating it because <laughs> <laughs> I put extra shit in it. No one will ever suspect me. I only just went on TV talking about how I grew things really big with my manure, and I and the kid down the street had something grow really big with my manure. They'll never piece it together. Yeah. Some of that poop is mine. <laughs> That's the secret ingredient, Gordon. A bit nutty. Yes, I, <laughs> I smoked that fucking toxic waste weed from Clint Howard, and I shit out the fucking right combination of chemicals to make giant vegetables. He just, he just smoked a radioactive blunt while he was like eating like giant prunes or something while he just unloaded into a bucket oh yeah oh p.s this motherfucking this motherfucker spivey is completely totally and utterly one of gvd's gentleman callers uh yes sure i could see it i'm coming over don't you dare take a shower Don't worry, Granny, I got my fucking sexy fucking manure waiting for you. I want to smell you a mile away. (laughs) We're going to make something grow. He goes to Granny Van Dam. He's like, you see this cucumber? You think it'll fit? (laughs) (laughs) Try again. (laughs) He's got Gramps knocking on his door. My 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 spinning dildo broke. You got any vegetables I could stick on here? You'll need to do a whole new harvest to get one that big. (laughs) He replaces Gramps' dick with a giant cucumber? That fucks Granny Van Dam. <laughs> well, it doesn't spin, but it sure smells good. <laughs> hey, if I get hungry, I just bend over, take a bite out of the end of it. <laughs> Have you seen a crystal skull, by the way? <laughs> that is the most disgusting menage a trois I've ever <laughs> pictured in my head. Uh, well, you know, Gramps just sits there chewing on his dick while Spivey gets fucked by the, uh... <laughs> GVD, I guess, or get something shoved up his ass like that Bill O'Reilly guy in uh, The Suckling. You think? Oh my god, you think? Spivey's a fucking uh, 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 masochist? GVD's got that dominatrix outfit? I could see it. As clear as day. Yeah, man. Spivey calls up GVD. He's like, I grew the cucumber. She's like, ha ha! Redwood, and then hangs up the phone. It's not for me, silly boy. It's for you. (laughs) (laughs) Cramps is like, I don't want no part of that. Just sit on my deal. That woman is a fucking demon, and I want nothing else to do with her. (laughs) All right? Oh boy, I guess I'm gonna have to hit the bourbon again. I'm I'm well over, I'm 200 years old, and I want none of that shit. Hey, Gramps, you happy to see me, or is that just a cucumber in your pocket? It's a fucking cucumber, all right? I lost it in some 20-year-old. We already went over this. (laughs) I'm not drunk enough yet. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. (laughs) 
Well, how does it keep on growing, Spivey? Oh, I don't know. I talk again, Clint Howard, something, something, toxic waste, whatever. Bye. Super ticks. We haven't gotten that episode yet. Stop jumping the plot, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to that episode yet. We'll elaborate later. This is cut. Co- this is called a teaser. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remember when Thor went in that cave in Avengers Ultron? <laughs> And he was like, something, 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 bullshit, Infinity Gems. <laughs> so, so, Gordy goes home, and he's like, and he's like, oh, he's like, hey, Mom, what's up? And my Mom's like, hey, Gordy, you're home from school all for early. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, there was a teacher convention or some shit. Uh, bye. And she's like, yeah, well, I think I would have known about it. And he's like, Mm. No, yeah, it was. A, I guess I forgot to tell you it was a teacher's convention, and it's. She's just like you're so full of fucking shit. And she's like, go to your room and you can stay there because you made a fucking little girl eat a dead fly cookie. And by the way, I took all of your shit from your fucking fly dungeon and I threw it in the garbage. Dude, he has a meltdown. He sure does. He runs downstairs, looks in it. He's like, what's in the trash bag? Ah, fuck! She cleared this out big time. There is nothing. She she left the fish tank with nothing in it. That's it. Yeah, that's how you do it, though. You know what I mean? Rip that fucking Band-Aid off. The funny thing is, when he walked in, he saw her, you know, chewing on a lollipop, but, uh... (laughs) Oh, no! You know, he didn't put two and two together. Her teeth were just covered in fly guts. Oh, Oh, man, there's, like, fucking wings and legs and shit in her fucking teeth. Ew. Yeah, yeah. So, Gordy's like, oh, she didn't... You know, I'm not licked yet. He fucking runs up to his uh, room, and she's she's done a really good job, except for the fact she didn't, like, stick her head out the window because there's flypaper no. hanging up. Really obvious to see from the outside of the front of the house, but sure. Sure. But I guess she's not going outside and, like, looking up at his window, right? No, yeah. And there, there are th- there's only three fucking flies on this thing. But there, you know the 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 plate is gone with the with the can and all that shit. That's all thrown out. He's like, thank God for mom's agoraphobia. She didn't see outside the house, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Gordy takes these flies and he puts them in his new manure jar, his special manure jar that he got from uh, Spivey. And he fucking he's like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna fucking you, you know you didn't get me. Like I'm gonna have some fun with you guys. So he puts the fucking thing on the shelf and goes to bed. Cut to the middle of the night. Oh man! And there's a there's a big ruckus in Gordy's room, and he like looks up, and there's a broke, and the fucking glass jar is busted completely. And we cut to his mother and father's room, and his mother's like, "Oh, did you hear that noise? It was you know, Gordy. Gordy is is he okay?" And his dad's like. Oh, uh, he's just fucking going to the refrigerator, stuffing his fat face or whatever. She's like, "No, this is different." So they go to Gordy's room. They open the door, and there is Gordy on his bed. Oh, my God. With both arms ripped off. <laughs> Surprisingly okay with the whole situation. Totally fine with it. He's just like, I think he's in shock is what it is. And they walk in, they turn on the light, they see him. And then three fucking fly, gigantic flies emerge from behind his bedroom door. Let me tell you something. Well, one, they walk out with his severed arms and present them like they're gifts. Oh, yeah. Secondly, as much as I love all the other effects in this movie, I bursted out laughing when I saw these things. Because I'm like... Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so when is Tommy going to come in and start kicking the shit out of him? 
Because they look like fucking straight up Power Rangers monsters they gotta fight. Like Jason David Frank <laughs> just fucking jumps in the window with a fucking kick. Yeah. When they first start showing on screen, I'm like, man, these are a little goofy looking. But like when they do like a close up shot on them, when they're like, you know, rubbing their, uh, I don't know what you call these things, pincers. Their legs. Legs together, like, you know, ready to eat. That, that was pretty creepy. That's creepy. But when the, the wider shots, they're like, they're doing like the big arms thing and they're kind of like doing the weird like. Dude, because that is what flies do. If you've seen, I mean, I guess you could just see it in real life, but look up videos of what flies do. Uh, there's pretty spot on. I mean, that's what a fly would do. For sure. I mean, even for a low budget movie, like, I feel like these costumes are decent. Yeah, no, definitely. You know what I mean? It's, n- let me tell you something. It's not an easy task to make a creature costume, let alone three of them. Yeah, I was going to say, there's three of them, so bravo for getting that much, you know, for doing that much work for this fucking scene. Got the big bang for the buck, dude. Lest we forget the suckling $10,000. There you go. But yeah, they're a little, like, like I said, the wider shots. They look like like they're doing, like, the weird vamping monster motions that the fucking, the Power Rangers monsters always do. They're doing big arms, they're flexing, they're doing whatever the fuck, and I'm just, like, giggling the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the fucking parents freak out and the light goes out, and Spivey is, like, outside his house and the shadow's like, hey, 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 I told you it was a special batch, motherfucker. I told you I wouldn't need my hands to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't need a shotgun to kill you. Now, where's that cucumber? In my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gordy... So and then Gordy wakes up again and you're like, "Oh, it's another dream." Nope. This motherfucker has amputated arms and he has prosthetic limbs with like hook hands. I guess his parents just didn't get eaten or or is he there by himself? Where did those three flies go? Ah. Uh, did they just escape into the night? They went and ate Spivey. Oh man, you think Oh, he was out there for He was out there like, uh, "Oh yeah, I took care of that problem." They come and fly over him and just pick him up and lift him off into the air. We didn't ask to be made, Farmer Spivey. Yeah, they fucking carry him right to fucking Granny Van Dam's brothel, dude. And and they and those are the guards now for for <laughs> Granny Van Dam's brothel. <laughs> Three flies? Do they have names? Yeah, three giant flies. Hold on, hold on. What what the fuck are those things from Dark Crystal? Those big giant crab guards. The Gartham. Yeah, they're those. They just, <laughs> they just sit there with, like immobile until you walk up to them. And they rip your fucking arms off. Yes. You're not Gelfling, but it doesn't matter, right? If you're not a pay, if you don't pay, you get your arms ripped off. <laughs> Damn. First of all, first of all, if you're approaching GVD's like fortress, like there's like maybe like three people she just let walk in. Okay. Like, does that mean she's like taking other small creatures from the MDU and like sucking their essence out via crystal in that basement? I don't know what the fuck she's doing in that fortress, right? All right. We- <laughs> maybe. I think so. Right. The ones that didn't make the cut. Howard the Duck finally got strapped to that fucking chair and the fucking crystal sucking out his essence. Yeah. Also, I just am now picturing these flies with, like, T-shirts on that say security. <laughs> Maybe sunglasses. I'm not sure yet. They're 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 dressed up like the ECW security. Their arms are just folded, <laughs> all six of them. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> that's their names? That, yep, that's what I'm saying. There you go. Done. Two-fly crew. There you go. That's that's basically the movie. We have, we have a final scene with Sean Astin and these two brothers. Yeah, the the wraparound comes full circle and they're like, uh, you know, oh, that was a scary story. And then uh, their light goes out again and they're like, oh shit, we're fumbling with the matches or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then a light turns on and you see that they're in a backyard and they're not like away from anybody, right? Yeah. 
I like that. I, I like it too. I think it's very cool. It's it's very real. Like kids do that shit. Sure, all the time. Why not? I mean, look at even the most recent thing I can think of is Parasite, where that happens. Oh yeah, I did it as a kid. I did it as a kid too. And I and I fucking hate camping in a tent. So I don't know what I was thinking. So the light turns on and they're like, oh, we're fumbling in the dark because whatever. So they get the lantern lit again. And you hear, hey, you boys all right in here or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, hey, Uncle Harry, we're good. And he sticks his head in, and guess who it is? James Karen without a mustache. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And uh, Sean Aston's like, hey, Dad, they didn't believe me when I told them the story about the fucking janitor monster. Why don't you prove it to them? And the fucking kids are like, yeah, yeah, prove it to us, Uncle Harry. And he's like, you sure? Okay. And he fucking takes his face off. And I guess eats these kids or like scares the shit out of them. Right? I guess maybe eats two of them. I don't know. Eats one of them, the little brother. And then their mom comes over to pick him up and is like, what do you mean you ate my kids? You're fucking nephews? Yeah. Also, like, aren't they all monsters? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, or is it just him? Is it just Uncle Harry? Yeah. Uncle Harry's dick works? <laughs> It's a very Goosebumps-esque, like, ending where it's like, surprise monster revealed, they get out, ah, story's over. Yeah, but it's, but I love that, right? Yeah, no, it's great. No, yeah, I'm into it. We'll get into that in the final thought, but real quick, since you said Goosebumps, um, it reminds me of um, Vampire's Breath, when the two, or, uh, uh... Uh, the girl who cried monster. Oh, that's the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, sure. She doesn't realize that she's a monster, and like upon puberty or whatever, she gets her fangs and she becomes a monster, and then she eats him. No, I just love that idea. Like, yeah, they like they haven't matured enough yet to become the monster portion of their lineage. You know. So one day, Sean Aston, just when he hits like eighteen, he's gonna transform into some like lanky brown creature. Maybe. Unless he's unless that's his skin suit that he's wearing. That's how he fought. Uh, what? Oh, fuck <laughs> the Fratellis. No, no, he was too young for that. <laughs> What's the fucking spider's name? Oh, Shelob. Yeah, yeah. Shelob. Yeah, when he fights fucking Shelob, dude, he didn't need that little fucking thing that he got from Galadriel. He just needed to turn into the fucking brown monster. Well, you know, he didn't have the ring like he did in the book, so he had to improvise. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, if you play the game, Shelob gets uh, a sexy human body, so then it becomes neutral. T- Territory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Let's make the spider hot. You think the brown potato monster's fucking that Shelob monster? I think that's how you get Sean Aston. What the hell did we just watch where we were like, yeah, let's make the fucking whatever hot when it shouldn't have been? Oh, the snake, Medusa. Yeah. Let's make Medusa hot. No. Oh, God. Yeah, last year, Sam Worthington. Yeah. Clash of the Titans, go <laughs> check it out. Blockbuster bombs. <laughs> anyway, so. Fellas, where are we putting this? Uh, shelf. Um, shelf, like, immediately between, like, I don't know if these both exist, but they are for this argument. Um, uh, right between a box set of Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sure. Uh, it's got that, for the level of violence in it, it seems like, um, the level of violence it has is what Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark long to be, but can't. Um... And so I think it's kind of the, the, like, it's the more advanced version of that. It's violent, but not gory and not horrific. Um, it's really, really fun. It's, it feels like, a, it feels way shorter than it is, which I think is always a benefit, because if you don't feel like your time is being grinded up and wasted, um, usually it makes for a good viewing experience. Um, uh, Michael Ray Bowers, fucking awesome. Little Kid Who Plays Danny is awesome. Sean Astin is, like, 
really good despite being in it for like, I don't know, maybe four minutes. Um, all the practical effects are good. It's just weird and charming and it has that, just that right in the middle, just right like aesthetic tone of um, like indie monster flick. And horror anth- anthologies are usually pretty fun. I'd be hard pressed to tell you about like a bad one I've seen. Um, maybe ABCs of Death. Creepshow three. There's a Creepshow three. Oh God! Don't even if you don't if you've never seen Creepshow three, don't even don't even watch it. Never seen it. I didn't know it fucking existed. <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. All right, then. I, I even like all of Creepshow two, despite like that kind of having low points. But I think horror. Anth- I I love Creepshow two, and that is not like one of those things. Wh- where it's like, oh well, everybody hates it, and I like it. It's it's legit. Like I love Chief Woodenhead and the Raft. I think they're really good stories. Yeah. Oh yes. The Raft is the best part of two. Sure. The Raft is fuck fucking terrifies me because I don't. I'm afraid of open water. Well, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's it has that super fun like kind of bouncy where you just go in from one thing to the next. Uh, feel that a good horror anthology has. Um. So yeah, shelf. I don't know where to put it in the Daniel Baldwin uh, shrine, but I guess that's Sean's... Oh, don't worry. I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, you'll do that. <laughs> um, Yeah, dude, totally shelf. This has been on the shelf since forever. Uh, I remember seeing this when I was a when I was a wee one, renting it from one of my uh, favorite mom and pop shops, Video Time. Um, that's where I first saw this. Um... And then later, I had found it at an A to Z, so I bought it um, when they were when they were going out of business. Uh, was Video Time on... Video time on Hooper Avenue? Yeah, that's where I... The, oh, yep. yes! I actually... this The VHS I have of the Willies was from the A to Z video that was um, off of Route 37. Holy shit. Which is now a... Uh, Tanning salon or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get depressed every time I go home and see all the shit that I grew up with. It's just fucking gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Um, it's, it's nice to have, I think I have the, I have Rawhead Rex, a gnome named Norm, uh, the Willies and something else from that store. Um, those are directly from that store. I fucking love this movie. Um, again, like I said at the beginning of the beginning of the episode, it's just this big giant cozy blanket that I want to pull over myself and kind of get lost in every time I turn it on. And again, every time I do put it on, it's just one of those captivating things that just makes me feel warm and toasty inside. It's It, it hits all of those notes that I want to hit uh, from the score to the effects to the acting to, to, to the stories to the, to the tonality of the whole thing. It just feels so good. Um, and like Connor said, uh, Mike Bauer's great. Uh, Sean Astin is good um, in his little roles. And it's a bummer because I really want you guys to see like the full cut of this with the with the poodle in the microwave and the and the Goonies joke I feel like those two things definitely add to it to the experience um and I'm, it's unfortunate that you guys didn't experience the whole thing the way I have seen it so many times yeah I had to scour the internet for scenes I didn't know I missed yeah it's very strange and again like we mentioned at the beginning like despite the fucking scumbag director I think this little gem um should be enjoyed uh by people and and and, and I, I I feel like again in the community, uh, in the horror community and or VHS community, I feel like this is a very well known uh, film. It's it's not super rare and it's not super well known either. But um, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely find it. It's free on YouTube, and I only say that because I'm at this point it's public domain as far as I know, as far as we know, as far as you know, all of that goes. Um, but 
Again, uh, but I think on the shelf, I would put it between Creepshow and the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark. I feel like this film is a progenitor of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's like, it's Tales from the Dark Side for kids. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It just feels great. And 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 I hope one day that I can... Me and my buddy Chris Barr have a concept for a kid-orientated... Um, anthology and i hope that not only can we make the film but i hope that we can accomplish um what this film does so well and capture that magic again so yeah on the shelf absolutely always has been always will be uh, i guess i kind of already gave it away by saying that i'll handle the daniel baldwin uh, madness here Connor. <laughs> but yeah shelf uh i like this a lot and uh I never saw this movie before. I I probably would have loved it as a kid because I was into Goosebumps pretty hardcore at the time, and uh, I don't I don't know what else I can really say honestly. Like the acting's pretty good. Um, you know, Michael Ray Bauer's good in it. That kid that plays Danny is good in the first part. Mister Jenkins is good. Oh yeah. Um, even Spivey, I like him. The actor Alice Cooper, as he's been known <laughs> to be called on this episode. Um. And uh, it, like Joe had said earlier in this episode, it's very cozy. Um, there's just something about it. I don't know how to put my finger on it, but uh, it's just really well made. And uh, considering that it was just kind of pieced together over the course of like five years, I think that's a pretty big accomplishment for such a sh- such a small film that was on like a shoestring budget uh, that really just like nobody saw a return on apparently. It's a real testament to it, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And uh, to get back to Baldwin, you know, we we open up the closet door and there he is uh, enshrined here. (laughs) Uh, You know, garbage and bubble gum and gin bottles, as I've said uh, a few times now, hamburger bags. Uh, I I think this one, you know, you you twist the uh, bubble gum nipple and a a secret compartment opens up on the chest. And uh, you look in there, you know, it's just like, again, this guy, this this motherfucker keeps coming up on the show, and I don't even know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Frankie from One Piece, if you don't know what I'm talking about, he's a fucking cyborg who joins the Straw Hats, and uh, he has a fucking uh, compartment inside his chest. You know, much like Bender from Futurama, that he stores his cola in, which powers his cybernetic body. But uh, in Daniel Baldwin's case, he has a portal... Uh, where, where when you reach inside, you just stick the DVD in or the VHS tape in this particular case. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like Homer when he has that teleporter, he's like, you know, he's pissing into the one end and then the toilet's on the other side. (laughs) But in this particular case, there's just like an endless vault of DVDs that are like, yeah, this is on the shelf and it's, it's in here because it's, it's just right. You know, uh, it's close to his heart. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of heart, you know? And I guess where the fuck am I going with this? Um, I, I like this movie a lot, but I don't know if I would go so far to say I loved it. Okay, that's fair. I guess that's where I think, you know, the middle uh, of the dumpster is somewhere in some fucking pocket dimension inside <laughs> Daniel Baldwin's chest, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say here. And, uh, you know, you, you squeeze the other nipple, and it shuts and it closes, and uh, we'll return to it another day. But, uh, yeah, definitely a shelf film, and... Uh, I'm glad I watched it. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you guys watched it too. I'm glad we did it and everything worked out the way it did. And don't forget, you will get the first half of the Michael Ray Bauer interview and you will get those dates if you go to our Instagram 
Follow us on Instagram and check out our MD guide that we post for each month to give you the lineup of uh, what's coming up in your feed. And, uh, you know, don't forget, like, if you guys can do us a solid, please go to Facebook, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, give us a follow, interact with us, tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, give us that five-star review on iTunes, and leave us a nice review. Um, we just got some great reviews uh, from um, Jeremy Moorhead. He loves the show. Yeah. He left a great review. Uh, we got a great review from Matt Collins. He left us a review, too, um, and was really digging it. I think he liked our uh, the 13th Warrior episode he really yes. enjoyed. Um, so that's awesome. With Vigo. Vigo. It, it always feels good to hear from you guys and, and know that, you know, we see a lot of you listen to the, to the show. Um, tell us what you think, you know, tell us what, you know, what can we do to make your experience better? Are we doing everything that you want us to do? Would you like us to do something in particular? What movies do you want us to do? Like we have our own list, but, uh, let us know. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and just anything you can you can shoot the shit about anything we're, we're always want to talk to you guys um I sp- let us know about those uh the, those fucking custom uh tapes you got at home that you recorded off your tv at 3 a.m yes i want to know all about your, your the fucking tape your dad recorded nine fucking things oh an addendum to that too i had a fucking turner and hooch and uncle buck Taped off television. Oh, that that's a banger. Yeah, it was a banger. I think I still have it. <laughs> it's downstairs. Just watch it all the time. That and we recorded dinosaurs all the time. Yes. Earl. Yeah, man. Review us on iTunes or I will aim my antimatter gun at Duckworld and blow it up. Well, would that really be a loss? Uh, That's why I'm starting there. We can afford to lose. <laughs> Wait a second. Is the next one going to be the Daniel Bald, uh, the Daniel Stern world because don't do that i'm not going to go into like full crisis territory but you know other earths <laughs> happen after that <laughs> and and connor what's the um what's the new phantom zone come uh phantom zone episode coming up well there's one should be dropping uh from last week soon where we brought on our friends andy and uh, isaiah and they hijacked the show and turned into just more chaos than we're accustomed to <laughs> which is saying something oh man then it must have been a fucking frenzy dude yeah and because andy is like he's some kind of extra-dimensional being who is just designed to just, like, upheave any conversation that you're having. He's John Hurt? Uh, I think he might be more powerful. Whoa. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> That's dangerous. He's Pennywise level. The one we recorded last night, we talked about the Snyder Cut. We talked about Ruby Rose quitting Batwoman. Um, Timothy Oliphant being on The Mandalorian coming up. Um, uh, and made so Mar, apparently. And, and me, uh... Having an alcohol-infused uh, bit about Midsommar with Donkey Kong music. Which you can check out on our Instagram, which is going to be up. Boy, is it something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as you can see on the MD Guy, we've got two more movies coming towards your way this month. We sure do. What's up next, Sean? Uh, well, up next is a movie that I'm pretty excited to do, starring Terry O'Quinn, Stepfather. Yeah, me too. The the stepfather, TM. The stepfather. Uh, we're having a stepfather's day this year, and uh, that's going to drop right before Father's Day, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then we're closing out the month with uh, a personal favorite of mine, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Joe, but I think of Joe's also. Oh, yeah. that it, it, it sure is. We're talking about The Uninvited. With George Kennedy. With George Kennedy, yeah. And not... The I think there's some kind of remake, some Japanese movie. Anyway, we're talking about the one with the killer cat on a fucking cruise ship. Yes. <laughs> so so look forward to that. The Graydon Clark classic. Absolutely. So that's it. That's the Willies from 1990, directed by Brian Peck. 
Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. You fellas all right out here? Great, just great. Hey, we were just going to sleep. You boys aren't out here giving each other the willies, are you? (laughs) I just told them what happened back at Greeley. They didn't believe me. Oh, they didn't, did they? Yeah, we don't believe him. That really didn't happen, did it, Uncle Henry? It really happened all right. Every word of it.